0: Machine guy to give you the interview. answer all these questions. I'm good for like an hour or you want
1: We got our own clicker. Strong clicker. A
2: clicker.
0: Okay, welcome to Like Clique, a podcast. We have a very special guest today of uh, punk rock fame.
2: Yes, we do. And uh, you may know him from uh, pioneering bands such as The Adolescents, Agent Orange, Legal Weapon, Joyride, Manic Hispanic, 22 Jacks. Y'all know who I'm talking about. It's the one and only Steve Soto. Steve Soto. Yeah. How are you guys all doing? All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> a long down. list, Tom. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> How did you manage to be a part of all these bands? Well, I, I started
3: playing with Agent Orange. We started playing, like, r- right in high school. And so that one kind of, you know, it was just like guys from the neighborhood. And then uh, Adolescence was right on top of that, you know. And, uh, and so that... You know that was with guys kind of the same city, but not like right that I grew up with. You know, but I met Frank Agnew and Tony. I'd met at a show at an Agent Orange show, and it's like the minute we met, we like became like best friends. You know, so we were on the phone all the time, and then so because we still he lived like in Anaheim. We it was bus rides to go see each other. We didn't have cars. We were fourteen or (laughs) fifteen. But um, then when we decided to start the adolescence, we both got on restriction at the same time. So we wrote a lot of the songs that are on the Blue album on the telephone, like with me holding the phone next to an acoustic guitar, <laughs> and him like writing lyrics while we're talking on the phone and stuff. It was a pretty weird way to do it. So uh, you know, from there everything just kind of took off. I, I Legal Weapon was uh, they were playing a show with the Adolescents, and uh, they said they needed a bass player. And so I said, okay, you know, it was one of those things. And uh, uh, I moved up to Hollywood for, I don't know, Frank and I moved up there for probably about six months. And at that point, I guess I had just turned 18. So, you know, living in North Hollywood, it was like, oh, yeah, I got to be in this band, and they have this little house we can live at so we can, you know, get crazy. And we got too crazy, I think. (laughs) We had to come home, so... (laughs) But, um, yeah, so then after that, you know, there was a period where I didn't play for a little while and then, uh, adolescence started up again and ever since then, you know, it's just been kind of going. I went from that to Joyride, Joyride to 22 Jacks, um, when, when I was in Joyride, we were on the same label as the Cadillac Trams, that's when I became good friends with Gabby and, uh. We were in a warehouse working at the label that we were on, and um, we were listening to Freddie Fender music all the time.
1: <laughs> so, so
3: we go, what if we wrote all, what if we played all these songs like punk rock speed and started this? Because we used to say we should start a band that does this, or let's start a joke band that does this, and then we'd never do it. Um, one of them was called the Hot Wings. One of them was. Uh, because uh, Mike Gabby's real name was was Mike, right. so it was the S and M party for like Steve and Mike party, <laughs> and. <laughs> but we never did those. And then uh, and then we did we did manic and 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 it probably wouldn't have happened. The drummer of Joyride Joyride had a show. Our drummer had a bleeding ulcer. Had to go to the hospital the day before the show, and it was at Linda's doll hut. And Linda called me and she's like, "You you can't just pull out because Joyride always always packed that place, you know." And she's like, "I need just I need to." have a packed club tomorrow. So, we go all right. Let's do this that manic escapade thing we were joking about. <laughs> and we learned a bunch of songs that day and uh, well, first Gabby wasn't going to do it cuz he had to he had to go to Magic Mountain with his girlfriend. <laughs> and he goes, "She'll be pissed at me if I back out." And I'm all, "Well, dude, I'm going to do it. We'll just do it with someone else singing cuz I have to do something." And he's all, "You can't do this without me. We st- well, this was our idea together, so he pissed off his girlfriend and went and played the show with us. <laughs> so that's a you know that one that one came together like that you know it was just like friends. We were all by that point we were all friends, and we, all our bands were on that label, Doctor Dream. So the, right. the, the the grabbers were on Doctor Dream and Manic and Joyride. So we just kind of and and we when we did our first record, we just a band canceled next door at the re- recording studio, and just so happened like four of us were sitting around at the label. Wow. And so they go, you know. There's free studio time right there. Someone paid for it if you want it. So we just
0: went. Pfft. All right, ran over there so and did a awesome. first record. You know. you. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. I think that's one of the coolest pictures uh, that you guys have. Is uh, all those cars in front of the Doll Hut, and you guys are standing oh, yeah. out there. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm pretty sure that
3: was the first show. It was either the first or second show we did the, because we did we did a show at the Doll Hut, and then we did the week a week later. We did another fill-in show for Joyride and then um somebody had videotaped it like on the old-fashioned video thing <laughs> but it started making the rounds like people were passing that tape around and then people were like oh this is funny you guys should keep doing it you know and so mm-hmm. it just kind of um yeah it turned into a, a thing pretty quick but we used that one of those dollot things was like a poster for the first record too and stuff it's like.
2: Is that um, also how A uh, Flock of Goo came to fruition as well?
3: <laughs> By that point, I was working at the Doll Hut. Somehow, Linda talked me into booking shows there. It started as a, like a a joke, like, I, I'll take Tuesday night. I had to go, give me the worst night of that you have. <laughs> but I had so many friends and bands, I go, I can at least for one month get away, you know. Right. And we made like a bet, like 50 bucks or something, you know. And <laughs> I slammed that I got like all these bands that, you know, were weekend bands that play on a Tuesday. And, but then, you know, she became a really good friend of mine and we started working there, or I started working there. I think everybody in a lot of those bands worked there over the years because okay. of Linda. But um, so on my 31st birthday, she goes, what do you want to do for your 30, you know, like we'll have a party. And I go, well, I haven't ever played in a new wave band before. So let's do that, like, just, you know, as a joke. And and I never really listened to a lot of that stuff. Like, I was still so into punk rock when all that stuff was coming right. out. But it was funny because Dan Root and Gabby, like, they knew all those songs almost too well. <laughs> and Greg and I kept going, how do you guys know all this stuff? <laughs> Gabby's, oh, dude, my chick was totally into this. Uh, you know? <laughs> that excuse, <huh? laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um But, yeah, and so the first, the flock thing, you know, it, that was just such a weird... <laughs> A weird, fun thing, because once we started doing it, as we went along, and, I mean, gosh, Gabby was just so hilarious And that. We did a New Year's Eve show at Alex's, and he wore a wedding dress, and we opened up with Like a Virgin, and, and you know what I mean? It's like, one year he wore the the uh, flash dance outfit and did the whole maniac running, and I mean, you know, it was just like... But, you know, and the worst show we ever had with Flock of Goo Goo was Gabby's dad showed up. And he's all, dude, I can't, I can't act like a Fruit Loop in front of my dad. You know? <laughs> and, it's like, and he was really subdued, which for the flock, we all kept looking at him like, come on. It's, it's, if you're not being funny, we're just playing dumb new wave songs. <laughs> so, yeah, that was.
2: Well, I'll tell you, at his reunion, sh- or um, excuse me, at his uh, memorial show at the observatory, <clears throat> I mean, you guys came out and... Murdered that crowd. It was, it was it was a sight to see. I'll tell you. I was like, "Holy shit!" Steve yeah. Soto is singing "Purple Rain." It was amazing.
3: I loved it. I, it was great. And you know, it's funny. My dad was there that night. Oh wow. <laughs> But I told him before the show. I'm like, "Pop, I'm gonna put makeup on, and I, you know, don't come, don't come down and hit me upside the head. <laughs> I'm gonna dress up like Robert Smith." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the. You know, my parents over the years have come and seen us play all the different bands, and. um but that was definitely the one they'd never seen. I was kind of like, hey, you don't need to see the Flock of Goo Goo. <laughs> um, so, but they got a kick out of it. And, and you know, they came that night, obviously, because they love Gabby. and right. you know. When my parents came to see Manic Hispanic play one time, and Gabby did the Tijuana belt buckle. Did you ever see him do that, where he pulls his balls <laughs> over? Yeah. over he turns around and he goes, hey, check this out. So he does it, and I look at him, and, and we were at House of Blues in, in Disneyland, and I go... <laughs> Dude, I'm like trying to mouth it, but my my mom's up there. And then he just stops and he goes, and he looks up and he goes, hey, Mrs. Soto. And he goes, like, did you know Steve's on drugs right now? And just like stuff like that. And, and uh, yeah, totally made it worse. You know, my mom was like, you shouldn't have never said nothing to Gabby. <laughs> but Yeah.
0: Now you um you decided you guys decided to continue under Mexican society. What made you guys go back to the name manic Hispanic? um I think at first, well, I mean at first
3: I, I didn't really think we would ever even do this again, like when we did that memorial show, and when I walked out of there, I'm all like, that's done. you know, it's part of my life that's kind of done now. You yeah. Know? And then over the next I don't know. Over the year we'd get mail, you know, like emails and stuff from people going, you know, are you guys gonna keep doing this? And we're, you know, nah, nah, I don't think so. And um then we talked about I knew they I knew that they were doing that painting of Gabby for the, the velvet for, painting. Yeah. And so we're like, Well, what if we do you know, we call it Mexican society, we do it something a little different. And then and the thing was everyone, the rest of us like when we were young, we all hung out together all the time. But as you know, we got older. Everyone's busy with their things. Like those guys, like Warren's, a, a union crane operator. You know, and he's busy all the time doing stuff. And I tour, and uh, so it's kind of like we don't see each other anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. So then Maurice was like, "Well, let's call let's do a band. We'll call it Mexican Society and we'll just say we're a manic Hispanic tribute band." And we'll never cop to it being us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then someone else was like, "But we could still say like featuring former members of, you know." Yeah. It was all kind of going to be silly and uh then we did that a couple of times. I think people were really confused. like I, there were some people that go like that's kind of weird, you know, a <laughs> like, tribute band of a tribute yeah, band, yeah, of you band, you know. Band. And you're like, <laughs> it's a joke band, and you're not getting the new, the new joke, you know, whatever. <laughs> but so then, um, at some point, you know, we just we just were talking about it, and and it's like, you know, we just go. I mean, you know, we're manic Hispanic. It's it's not the same as it was, mm-hmm. but it's still like, it's fun. It's like a party, you know, and it's kind of like. I forget who which, which one of the guys said it, but, it, you know, it was kind of like, it's like when you got, uh, like, when your abuela makes, like, you know, these amazing tamales, and at mm-hmm. Christmas every year, everyone's stoked, and you go there and hang out, and then she, you know, she passes away, and it's not like, and so one of your tias steps up, kind of, and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and it's yep. not like, because it's not like you're going to stop eating tamales exactly. or stop celebrating Christmas. Yeah. You know, you're going to miss her, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be the same. But it still can be fun and cool, and you're still yeah. with your family. You yeah, know? yeah, that's the yeah, magic
4: exactly. of everything there. Yeah, the family and the essence.
3: And and you know, in the total selfish thing mm-hmm. for us, it's like he's there with us. So if, you know, I mean, like, not to not to rule out like you know the feelings of like our fans and stuff. But I mean, I would do this just if it was no one came and it was just yeah. s- you know six of us mm-hmm. up there doing it because it feels like when we're playing these songs, his essence like, is in yeah, the yeah, room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. definitely. So, you know, I mean, I know some people don't feel comfortable with it or, you know what I mean? People, I've seen people, you know, there's some posts, you're know, like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And that's cool. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, you know, like, we're not trying to force people to come down and, you know, if, if they can't, if they don't want it, if they're not feeling it. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to have fun and you want to feel it, you know, like we're here and we're going to do it. And and uh, we, you know, when we were, we, we were going around for a while mm-hmm. going like, well, are we going to? Get anyone new, or is just, you know, Ephraim gonna sing, you know, and, and, uh, and then it, uh, it kind of came up that, that one of our guitar techs where he's worked with me for the adolescence, he was in the adolescence for a while, Gilbert, just kind of rolled into it. And, you know, I'm like, hey, what if you sang a couple songs, you know, and he did. And it was like, it's so cool. And he's, God, he's like 27 or 28. So he's got all this energy, and it's so cool to see him pumped up, you know, and then, uh, years ago when manic was um we were gonna do a tour and maurice couldn't go out our guitar player so we were looking for like a fill-in guitar player and uh there's a band called los villains that used to play the doll all the time mm-hmm. and so and i knew louie the singer you know from that and i'm all like hey dude you know me and gabby kind of rolled up on him like why don't you come out and play guitar with us you know and he was like ah, oh. he made a bunch of excuses which he later told me you know he was kind of in the midst of uh, his pre-recovery life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's like, I didn't want to go on the road and like, <laughs> you know, screw up everything for you guys. So, uh, flash forward a few years when Louie was, you know, getting better and getting into recovery, Gabby was one of the main guys that, you know, was there like helping him out. So they always, they kind of, you know, he's family in, in a couple different ways like that, you know, like I've known him, I booked like some of his first shows at the doll hut and stuff. So, um, he came in and, and he's just – it's its kind of – it's, like, different. It's definitely different, but he's very funny, and it's very cool, and, like, you know, we're having fun. We've made, we've made two EPs in the last couple of months, and we've been having a blast, like, laughing, you know, like probably haven't laughed in a long time, you know. <laughs> so that was – that's cool, and, you know, yeah. So for us, it's just – it's kind of, like, part of the process, I guess, and we feel good, you know, mm-hmm. like, doing it, so –
2: no, your, sure. la- your latest music back in brown uh-huh i was hearing it on the way over here This <laughs> a title it it, it it is it was it was awesome it was what nice. uh what uh what inspired you guys to to well, want to pick that up again and uh actually start recording again well you
3: know some of the songs um when gabby was sick i would go over we would hang out and like toss around ideas and stuff for New Manic songs, and uh, and so that was kind of you know, and and there was a point where I you know, it was it started getting near the end where like I knew we were never gonna Mm -hmm. get to do it, right? But um, it was still just something to occupy, you know, his time and stuff, and you know, I I mean, he was hilarious like up till the very end. So it was (laughs) like a couple about a month before he passed, maybe a little more. I took him to this doctor's appointment, and, um, or it was they were doing. A, they were putting the camera down his throat. That he had to. They had to do some stuff, and so they go. You got to get ready for the procedure. And she goes. You don't have to take off your pants. You just have to take off your shirt and put this gown on. And he goes, Man, I really wanted to take off my pants. I'm wearing my <laughs> Spider-Man underwear today. <laughs> and and so then then they closed like the curtain, and when they opened it up. Like, because it, it was uh, two nurses and me, we were standing there. When they opened up the curtain, it was like he heard him going to do it, and he was standing there like this, like, uh, you know, making a Anyway, so he was, you know, his humor was just always on point, and he would crack. And one of his friends, one of the nurses, I mean, looked at me and said, I bet you guys laugh all the time. And I'm all like, yeah, that's pretty much all we, all we do, you know. And, uh, but um, so so some of, the, some of the ideas were stuff that we, you know, talked about and thrown around and – and that was another thing too. It's like I want to do this kind of, you know, to, to get this stuff out, you know, too. So there's two EPs. The first one, Back in Brown, we've been putting stuff out. This Monday, we put the first song off the second EP because we thought we were gonna have the stuff out a little quicker because they're all like cover songs. Right. There's we have to get you know make sure all the clearance that the stuff is done, and I don't think we thought about that as far ahead <laughs> as you know we should have, but. Um, but that should be out the first one should be out by next week. The new one uh is gonna be called Al Rato and Thanks for all the chanclas. <laughs> <laughs> and we put one of the songs from that out Monday, which was Low Riders from Mars. But we've been playing that one for it's a long a time. Great so. song. <laughs> <laughs> great song. I,
0: I saw that at the uh when you guys did that at the Alex's bar and then you you um you um Initiated uh, the, the other singer, the one you, your guitar uh-huh. tech. Oh yeah, you, you saw it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was I was there. You the the and the the hat in the the Charlie Brown he was wearing. Yeah, yeah, I thought <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So it's, it's one of my favorite songs too from Manicus Manicus, Steel got a secret. I uh-huh. love that song. And and see and and you
3: know like some of those songs we didn't play not for whatever reasons or whatever you know it's like uh, so we we were able to kind of pull out songs that we hadn't done in a long time. And when you got new guys, you can make them play stuff. Like, yeah, you got to yeah. sing this. You don't have the choice of going, oh, I won't remember all the words. It's like, you're new. You have to do what you're told. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Louis, Louis singing. Like, we haven't played that song, Manic Hispanic. I don't think we've ever played it live. If we did, maybe in the very first year mm-hmm. that we were playing. So uh, we're playing that. We're playing some of the stuff that we, you know, pulling out some old stuff,
0: you know. So I'm really stoked about uh, hearing Manilu um, incident and uh, Miho goes to junior college are my favorite Manic <laughs> albums. I'm pretty stoked about um, the new the upcoming gig you guys got, man.
3: Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be you know we we've rehearsed it a couple times and it's gonna be you know it, it's gonna be fun. It's fun playing all those songs like in that you know all together. Yeah. So you know as you make new records, you you know a lot of times <clears throat> the older ones. You start, you know, you, I want to play all these new songs that we did, you know. You're excited to get the new material out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that happens with any band, you know. And, yeah. And the more records you have, then, you, you know, at some point you're all like, Why can we got 10 records, you know, and we got 90 minutes of, of to play them all in or whatever, you know, so you're trying to figure out what, you know, obviously there's ones that people love, you know. But with like Manic... We have four records, but all those songs were already like big songs for someone else. Yeah. So it's not like you go, well, that one's not a hit. Cause you're like, well, that's New Rose. That's that's a hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so trying to weed through four records worth of songs that everyone knows and loves, you know, is, is, is it's not easy. So, but, but doing that, yeah, you know, and actually the Menudo incident is being released on vinyl through Indecision Records, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of the tie in too. And then Alex said, I'm going to call the guy over at Lola's and see if he'll serve menudo. <laughs> <laughs> even better. You know? That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah.
4: There's no menudo food truck anywhere? Yeah. Call out, yeah. put him out well, front? The
3: guys, if they're doing Lola's is bringing it down, they're oh, going to do man, it. Yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> that's even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. When, is the, when is the next show coming up? Um, we don't have anything set right now, okay. like after these two shows. Okay. Um, you know, we're going to start figuring that out and, uh, you know, I'm sure I mean there will be shows I'm gonna be gone all summer with the adolescents, okay, so you know I don't keep back until the end of august, uh so you know it'll be in the fall mm-hmm. and um you know we're hoping to maybe you know jump on some other like bigger band shows
0: and yeah. stuff too, you know see what happens that'll you know? be awesome, yeah, awesome so. You had a busy recording schedule these past couple of months. You did the Manic Hispanic and then you did the new Adolescence record which will be out in July, right? Yeah,
3: Adolescence we started first and then right when we were finished, I kind of rolled into, you know, doing the Manic stuff. So uh but yeah, the the Adolescence record, uh man, I'm so stoked on it. It's like uh 16 songs. We couldn't like it was one of those things where like should we weed out some of these songs, you know? But we liked them all, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, man, let's just let's just do it. it." You know, it's still only like forty minutes or whatever because <laughs> punk rock songs are short. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So so you know that went that went really cool, and we adolescence just did the Floggy Molly Salty Dog Cruise, and uh, what else we're we going? I think we're going to go to China next year. Oh, Wow, nice. So uh, we're doing. I'm, we're, we're, we're doing riot fest but it hasn't been announced yet but we're going there this year and doing that and uh so you know there's a lot of stuff going on with that which is great and you know we're still having a ball doing it so you know it's uh i just got we're going to Europe this summer and uh oh, never been to bulgaria we're playing in like bulgaria and hungary and serbia which is parts of the oh, world wow. we've never been and played in before so Pretty, pretty interesting. For us now, getting to go to places that we've never been before, like I'd rather do do that and even if the crowd's small than like go play some big festival that you played five times, you know, even if it's cool and it's in France or something, but I've been there, Mm -hmm. you know. I've never been to Bulgaria, so that's kind Mm -hmm. of... Does it it make it feel new again? Um, Yeah, and it's, you know, there's always that thing too, you know, it's like going places where 20 years ago or 30 years ago, we weren't allowed to go to, you know? Yeah. Like all those countries that were behind, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 you know the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played with CJ Ramona. We played in Cuba two years ago. And that was crazy. Like I'd have never thought that I was going to be able to play in Cuba, you know? Yeah. So whenever you get to do things like that, I've had a lot of friends. We still haven't played Russia, which we want to do too. Mm-hmm. And um, – but, you know <laughs> – with, uh, with the current political situation with our guy, mm-hmm. it kind of makes things weird because you know <laughs> what I mean? He's not making friends anywhere. Yeah, really. But... So
0: if I start a band, I'll be like, you know what? I, I, I wish I could have played New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: now it's a communist country. I can't play it. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> where's,
4: a, where's your most favorite place you guys ever played or you ever played personally?
0: Oh, man,
3: there's there's so many awesome cities like in the States and around the world, mm-hmm. you know, uh. Prague I Dallas. love that city mm-hmm. it's awesome I love playing in New York and Chicago mm-hmm. you know um uh, you know, Seattle like there's you know, there's yeah. in, in the states and I don't, I don't mean to just like you know I'm naming off the big cities you know mm-hmm. so but some of the smaller ones are are, are are fun too you know I mean it's all uh, um, but I, yeah I'd say probably Paris we have a lot of like friends yeah. in in France uh we're good friends with a band called the burning heads Mm -hmm. and so we have a lot of friends you know it's funny because people always go french people are rude (laughs) french people are the most awesome people that i've ever met over there you know and our our crew in europe is french it's like these three french guys that come out with us Uh. and sound man and guitar tech and a driver and it's like they're sweethearts you know so um but so yeah i would say paris you know and berlin oh that's a that's i would probably say berlin overall really yeah i'm doing yeah I'm. in fact adolescents are playing there and i'm also doing an acoustic show because our tour starts in berlin Oh, nice! so i played a couple times at the ramones museum uh-huh. um solo so i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. i go a couple days early and mm-hmm. but berlin's probably like a city where i've got to spend you know like a few days in yeah. a lot of times on tour you're just going you know mm-hmm. and it's like the first time i went to paris i was there for 12 hours. Yeah. You know, right. so that <laughs> we pack I, it all in. Yeah. And we were with Floggy Molly, and me and the bass player, Floggy Molly, and one other guy, we literally got in a cab. Went to the the Eiffel Tower, jumped mm-hmm. out, took pictures, got back in. Notre Dame, jumped out, <laughs> took pictures. And you know, we were like, "Oh, this is before a cell phone, so these were the yeah. disposable cameras, but, the you fun know. size ones." Yeah, yeah, the thrifty cameras. Oh, like
4: like you said, Berlin. That's the first place I went to when I went to Berlin was the Ramones Museum. That place is amazing. Oh yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that whole area in there. And just you walk down further down to that alleyway with all the artwork. Uh huh. Oh, I love that place. He, he that guy Flo Holler that does mm-hmm. that he's a writer mm-hmm.
3: but um he used to follow the ramones around yep. all over the country yep. or all, all over europe and uh and cj used to let him crash out on the floor oh, wow. of his hotel room you know yeah. when he'd be at shows so <laughs> and they're still friends like when i played with cj mm-hmm. when we played in japan flo came out and and hung out yeah. with us and he's a really he's a great guy uh-huh. and um and it's amazing, you know what he's done there mm-hmm. and stuff too,
4: you know. Yeah, if you guys need a photographer for <laughs> Berlin, let me know. I, I want to go back. That place is beautiful. It, it really is. It's it, an amazing it's, city. Yeah,
3: and I got lucky because that the guy Flo that owns that museum, and then um, uh, I have a friend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she grew up in um, East Berlin, mm-hmm. and he grew up in West Berlin. Yeah, and the three of us all got together, and they it was like we went we were cruising around the city they were showing me all the stuff but giving me kind of like both sides of what it was like growing <laughs> yeah. up there you know <laughs> it's a different and experience yeah yeah it was awesome it was such mm-hmm. a you know it was a cool
4: way to see the city yeah i yeah. bet yeah. Well, yeah i had to rely on google maps to kind of <laughs> yeah. learn everything there but it's its own magic i guess
2: yeah well, yep. you you can go and take pictures of them, and I'll just go and hang out with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just go and hang out. <laughs> uh, I, I took like thirty
4: thousand pictures in Berlin. Just yeah. everything I could take a picture of. I did. I mean, yeah, it's the dumbest little sticker on the ground. I would take a picture. Of that it was a beautiful place.
3: Yeah, that's it's 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 awesome. I I, you know, I, I um, I'm in recovery and I do the AA thing, and I actually got to speak at a meeting in Berlin. Oh wow! And that was to me like the coolest thing. Yeah. you know uh to to get a you know meet some other people from you know and mostly it was, mm-hmm. since it was english speaking it was people that probably weren't normally you know i mean like weren't germans but yeah. worked there but lived in english-speaking mm-hmm. countries and stuff but it was really cool yeah and i you know there's a lot of there's a lot of awesome people mm-hmm. there you know so how long have you been sober for six years
4: now six years wow yeah uh, congrats that's that's, that's an accomplishment yeah congratulations <laughs> yeah it wasn't easy but you know it was worth it yeah, definitely for definitely sure. I had a friend who just celebrate his twenty fifth. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, and he's been doing it real hard. I mean, like, love the guy. You know, he's doing really good. Yeah, so. you know, it, hats off.
3: It's it's funny because going back to Gabby too. Another because I I was sober for like fourteen years and then I kind of mm-hmm. went off and um and so manic he or he was doing his tenth sober birthday because mm-hmm. he had gone off for a while and yeah. came back and so uh. He calls me up and goes, hey, I invited all the guys in Manic to come to this meeting. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my Mm 10-year, you know, getting my 10-year chip, taking a cake. And I go, okay. And it was, like, close to my house. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll go. But I was in the midst of just, you know, it was probably the worst times for me. But I go down there, and none of the other guys in the band were there. Mm -hmm. And I'm all, man, those guys are lame. (laughs) I'm here for my bro, you know. And as I was sitting in that meeting... I was looking around and, you know, like there's all these guys that I knew from growing up that had been Mm -hmm. like out of control, like punk rock guys. Mm -hmm. And now they're all like doing great and they own houses and stuff. And I'm all like, man, you know, I don't need this. But if I did,
0: this would be the place to go because this place really works, you know. I Mm -hmm. thought you were going to say that he did like, pulled like an A&E intervention (laughs) on you. Well, 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 check it out. He kind of, in a way he did because
3: when I was looking around, it kind of was in my head. So when I got to that point, in my life where it was like okay i have to i need to get i need to get clean and, and i'm not doing it on myself by myself mm-hmm. i had before and this time i can't it's just not mm-hmm. happening i'd get like a week and I'd go out and I'd get a, you know yeah. I just couldn't get up any time so i called him up and and i go hey i you know where should i go <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. do i do and he pointed me to this meeting in long beach and i started going there and around that time it was coming up on his year mm-hmm. again he was taking his 11 years except now this time we're in the meeting together mm-hmm. and not me as his guest or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting there and he's he's talking because he, he's taking his chip and I'm all... You know, no one, no one else in the band showed up and I was there. I go, I wonder if he did that. Like So when, we, when he finished talking, I took him aside and I go, hey, you know, last year I was the only guy that showed up. I go, did you invite anyone else? And he go, I go, you said you were inviting the, the band. And he goes, well, I was inviting... The guy in the band that needed to be there the most, mm-hmm. besides me, mm-hmm. And I'm all <laughs> <you> sneaky bastard, <laughs> but it worked, you know. It totally worked, it, you know. So I mean, that's, I'll, you
0: know, I can never forget that. That was a pretty awesome thing for him to, to weasel me into, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sneaky. But that's uh, that's kind of awesome that he actually found his calling by helping other addicts yeah. recover. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. He
3: he definitely he loved. Helping people yeah and and being there for people, like he you know he'd joke around sometimes and go, "Oh, I'm the emotional tampon, <laughs> you love being the emotional tampon, you know you love every second of it you know, and he did, I mean as uh, you know definitely part of the magic of that guy, you know was that he loved people, he loved helping people, and uh and so many people. Considered him the friend, you know, like a friend. Like he made everyone feel like, you know.
2: He just embraced everyone. Yeah. You know, it's it's just very loving. Yeah. You know, very loving. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Yeah, at the Rockabilly reunion, I was taking pictures of him. Uh I got some really good ones. And after the show, I told him, hey, can I get one more picture of you?
0: And he goes, hey, did you get enough good pictures? Now we'll
4: we'll go do our set again.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Speaking of uh, of of Cadillac Tramps. I was texting Brian um, Coakley um, late uh, late last week, and he it was a question for Warren, but maybe you could maybe you could uh, answer it. What is CarMax?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I should let Warren answer that. <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, if it is what I think, I mean, that was definitely a tramps thing. I wasn't there for it, but I've I've heard the stories. He said it, he said it was
0: it was a behind the scenes manic Hispanic about Gabby. Manic Hispanic about Gabby. He said uh, no. You said, said it was behind the scene. Um, know what? What did he say? He said it was a behind the scenes manic Hispanic thread, like a text thread. I guess I don't know. He said just ask about Carmex. Uh, not, well, and, then then <laughs> and then he laughed. Well, different. And then he laughed. Well, I, okay. So what is Carmex? Well,
3: the thing I'm thinking, of, Gabby, Gabby used to always have these kind of weird remedies for things. So I think he used mm-hmm. Carmex for something other than his lips. Is <laughs> it, uh, it was like Carmex. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, right. He also he used to, <laughs> he used to. I fucked wa- him up with that one didn't that He used to wash his. His balls with uh, with, um, <laughs> with rubbing alcohol in oh. the van. So <laughs> you'd be sitting, and and the Cadillac trams would always talk about it, and we never witnessed it. And then one time, Manic was out, and he did it, and it was like we were looking at each other, like, "Oh man!" And it's a really weird smell. You know what I mean? Like the mixture of the elements that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, so that might have been what I—that's what when you first said that I, I think I've heard stories of him, you know, uh, if his sphincter was a little itchy or something, he'd use whatever remedy. You know, he could, but it might be something completely. I would have to ask Warren now because that could be something different.
0: Yeah, we we definitely got to bring Warren in now. Just to ask. there's some
3: there's always been crazy threads. You know, I, it's funny. I I um I every once in a while I'll go through and look through threads I had with him. You know, and, and there's so some of them, I mean, there's just stuff that I would never want anyone but me and him and Warren or whoever, you know what I mean? It's just like, but he just, he, yeah, he was, he was a strange, funny man. You know? The warp sense. Of humor. I mean, he was, Gabby used to be, that we'd be sitting in a dressing room and he'd have his hand down the front of his pants. And the door would start to open, he'd pull his hand out, and then whoever walked in, he'd be like, shake, sticking his hand out. That out and, shake oh, and everyone in the room's looking around, I'm like,
0: oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was looking at videos of Gabby, and um, just, I guess it was like about five Christmases ago, my, my girlfriend got me these pants with little dogs on them. They're, li- they're like a little, like pajama pants. And he got them for $2 at this like little swap me thing. And I was looking at videos of Gabby, and he had the exact same fucking <laughs> pajama pants. And I thought that was fucking cool, you know? Just like, and they were like $2 pants, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Let's he, take a little
4: break real quick. You want to take a break? Yeah, I, I, I'm getting some kind of weird noise. All right. All right. Sorry, guys. We're back on.
2: Okay, we're back. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, Steve, is um, uh, the adolescence. I've been seeing a lot of... Uh, um, some of their upcoming shows that they've been posting and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and I know you're still good with uh, past members. Um, what is uh, what do you think about that? Um, I was just I don't really think opinion. about it really. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, I mean, you know, that's yeah.
3: I don't know. Uh, I don't really put too much thought too much to thought it, into All of it. it, you know. Yeah. So, whatever, well, you know, that's what they're doing. So, you know, I haven't talked to them about it. You know. It's like, I, I know that, um, you know, it's like, I know what I'm doing, me and Tony are doing it. Right. It's like, right. you know. Right, right, exactly. Uh, I am not, it's not, I just haven't really put too much, you know, I'm not, I don't have much to say about it. Right. Either
2: way, you know. Okay. Well. Yeah, I. for whatever reason, I just thought, hmm, you know, uh, I don't know, I thought it was some kind of uh you know, reunion type of show or something like that, that right? They're throwing throwing on together and whatnot, right?
3: I think that, um, yeah, you know, Rick and Casey wanted to go out and play those songs, and you know, they're you know, not in this band in, in our band anymore, right. so you know, whatever, if that's what they want to do, right? You know, it's not, I'm not going to tell them not to, you right. know, what right. I mean, I, I you know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I mean, like I, well, I know how I feel about it, but I mean, I don't know if people want to... Whoa.
1: What was it? Sorry. <laughs>
3: but anyway, I mean, it's just right. not anything I put too much thought to. I got you. You know, so if that's what they want to do, they can do it, uh, you know. All right. I, re-
0: I read in an old interview that you, uh, you have your great-grandfather's guitar that he used to play in Mexico.
3: My gr- yeah, yeah. Well, I got it from my, <laughs> my grandfather, but yeah, it belonged to my great-grandfather, yeah.
0: Um. Was your grandparents or your father an influence on you picking up your instrument?
3: Um, no, you know when I was younger, my my grandfather. I can I guess you know say it now because he's not with us anymore. He was a scandalous dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you know when we were when we were younger. We didn't see him that much, and when we did, it was always like, you know, don't tell your grandma you went to your grandfather's house, you know. (laughs) I still remember my mom turning around in the car going, now we weren't just here, you know, kind of (laughs) thing. So we didn't see him much when I was younger. I don't think my dad even had much of a relationship with him um, until uh, my grandfather's second wife passed away, and then my dad started, you know, kind of taking care of him or looking after him, and uh, so for those last 20 years, that was when I really got to know him, mm-hmm. and he would tell me all these stories that I'd never you know heard before, which about that you know he said all the soto men where you know where they were from, like uh, used to play and, and you know they were he goes, we'd always you know my my dad would always get invited to the parties because they wanted someone to play music, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, give him some beers, he'll pick up a guitar and start entertaining everybody, so so that came from there, i you know, my dad never played music but um but he loved music like i mean he grew up in in uh la and um would he was like really into jazz and stuff too but he saw all these like amazing bands down central in the you know 50s and stuff you know and that scene was totally mm-hmm. booming and and um uh so there's always music in yeah. our house and uh now when I look back on it, he was kind of smart when I started getting into the whole punk rock thing and they wanted to know what I was listening to, but didn't want to just take my you know, he'd go, he'd come in and goes like, Hey, let's do this thing, you, you play me a song and then I'll play you a song and let's you know. So we'd play each other, you know, and then somebody play me your best drummer, you know, and I mean he's got these jazz guys that are like killer and I'm going like, you know, this is Ringo Dad, or older, you know, this is Todd Barnes from T S O L He's gonna take that he's gonna take that jazz guy down. But, um, but so, you know, he, and and to this day, like he, you know, he loves music. So it's like, uh, I, I know I got that from him, you know, that love of music, but he never played, you know, he had a little bongo in his room sometimes when he, I hear him back there, like, (laughs) but never in time and never. Uh,
0: (laughs) He just had it in his heart. Yeah, definitely. Now, was the bass the first instrument you picked up or was it guitar?
3: Well, I try, I wanted to. I tried to play guitar at one point. My grandfather had given my dad some guitars to give us, um, but the and, um, one was a nylon string guitar. My sister grabbed that one, and she my, she was getting piano lessons. Like my mom's mom had given us a piano. And I had no interest in the piano because I didn't know about like Jerry Lee Lewis or anyone cool playing piano. <laughs> I had just seen Liberace or something playing piano. I'm like, I don't need to play that. <laughs> my cup of tea. Now. Yeah. You know, which I kick myself for now because if I'd have learned piano, like it would have unlocked everything, I think, for me. But mm-hmm. so I tried to play this guitar and it was like steel string guitar. And the, when I got older and learned how to play and went back and looked at it, like the frets were really high, the strings were really high off the fretboard. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think as a grown man I could have played
0: that guitar. <laughs> so so that was your first intern on guitar. Yeah, and so I was,
3: like, maybe in the third or fourth grade, and I tried, and it didn't work, and I was devastated. Because my I got these Beatle records when I was five from my cousins. Like, they got into the Rolling Stones and went, like, here, take these crappy Beatle records. We like the Stones. We don't need this. It was, like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But from probably when i was like six or seven years old like i never went oh i want to be a fireman or i want to be this it's like i just wanted to be in the beatles which i found out i couldn't do but i wanted to play music you know hey dreams are free (laughs) so so uh the weirdest thing happened is my 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 dad got a job in orange county he worked for the city and he his office wasn't in city hall it was at like a park in placentia and um so he was recreation and human services is what he did so anyway but on Saturdays he would go down there to just to do some work and I think probably get me out of the house he'd take me with him so I'd just leave my mom like mm-hmm. stop bugging the crap out of her so I go in there one day and I look in the lost and found thing and there's this case this guitar case and I open it up and it was a Hofner bass which is like Paul McCartney played mm-hmm. yeah exact same model and I was like it was like finding a holy grail or something <laughs> and I'm like dad what is this doing here and he goes, you know what, that's been here for like six months. Some band played down in the park and they left it and no one's ever come back for it. So you know, I'm like, Yeah, let me take this home. And he's like, You can't do that, you know. <laughs> so every Saturday I would go with him and I just he'd be in his office and I'd sit in the lobby and like try to figure out I just mostly looked at myself with it in the mirror, the bathroom, I hold it up. <laughs> I could hit the first step. <laughs> so at some point, after about another year of that my dad was friends with the chief of police, and he goes like, "Well, you know, what's what do we do with this stuff, you know?" And he goes, "No one's come after it. It's been almost two years." My dad goes, "Yeah," and he goes, "Just let him take it home."
0: Nice. <laughs> so so that so your, your first bass was a Hoffner. yeah. <laughs>
3: and this is how stupid I am back about gear, especially not anymore, but back then, I had it for like a, a couple years, and then when I started playing punk rock, like. The Hofner has a hollow body and it didn't sound good and it feedback we were trying to play loud. And I traded it for a Fender and it was a Mustang bass, but it, the old Mustangs were kind of cool. It had like a, a humbucker pickup in, but definitely not a fair even trade for like a Hofner. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so, you know, but I did it. This, this guy that when I first moved into this neighborhood, like the first week, I'm walk I'm I'm walking around and I hear this um this band playing in the garage. And um, I didn't know what they were playing because I only knew, you know, like I knew the Beatles and the Beach Boys and like 70s radio stuff mostly. And um, they were playing Black Sabbath. They were mostly did Black Sabbath covers. And I remember just sitting there going, man, this sounded evil and very, very cool. You know? <laughs> so uh, he gave me like three bass lessons, which I just didn't really have any time for, you know, in like my mind. I don't know why. I just thought I'm just going to listen to these records and figure it out. And, um. Can we trade so I, he traded me because he goes well. I got this won't feed back. And That was all I cared about. Okay, cool. You know, I just need something that I can play real loud, and um, and it you know looked cooler. You know, I mean, at, by at that point, like it the violin more punk bass, rock. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I can Didi Ramon played a P bass, and the Mustang looks kind of like a small version of the P bass. So it all just was like. All right, this makes, makes way more sense, and it wasn't until I was older and started learning about gear where I went like, ooh, uh, a, the, the hand slap to the forehead yeah. right there. And then even that Mustang, though, would have been worth something because they, like I said, it had a it had a humbucker pickup. It was it was it was a different kind of Mustang, so it was kind of special. But I I don't even know what happened to that. I think I broke it. You okay. know, like just threw it somewhere or something. You know, uh, those were the. <laughs> the fuzzy years, you
0: know. <laughs> and I, I could just picture the guy like, "So, how did you get that Hofner bass? Some punker kid traded me for that piece of shit Mustang bass I had. I put a humbucker in that thing." <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. That whole family. The, his younger brother was in Agent Orange when we first started, and but he played. He played synthesizer, and he had a Moog synthesizer, and we, you know, we were like. When when we were listening, I mean, like first, you know, there was keyboards and music was like cool, and then you're like, well, there's not keyboards in the Ramones, and there's not a lot of keyboards and this and that. But some of the other you know, more obscure stuff we listened to, like the Dead Beats and stuff like that, there was different. So we were kind of like, all right, you know, we can make this work. And then we kind of just went like, no, you know, and um, <laughs> and he was he was by far way more punk than us in the first place, you know. And I think <laughs> our parents were like nervous of him, like uh, we used to come Biddy and they go, you know, he he was. I could, You know, I could see, like, our moms were all like, you know, uh, I don't know about this kid. He's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> so sadly, I mean, now we're friends, and it's great, because I reconnected with him years later, and he's such an awesome guy. And, and I honestly can say that if it wasn't for his family, his sister brought home the first, like, punk rock records we ever heard from college. And, you know, that's how I heard the Ramones and the Sex Pistols was in their living room, you know. On the, and so one night I I was in, like, croatia or some kind of crazy we place we had done a festival and like you know i I wrote i wrote him and i'm all you know it's so weird that if it wasn't for you guys like none of this might have ever happened for me you know Mm -hmm. including his brother swapping me out on the base (laughs) (laughs) like thanks yeah no you know i mean like i really do i i have so much gratitude for them for all
0: that you know like uh it's life-changing Life's little happy accidents, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. You know, and it's it's you know like what the you know all roads lead to here or whatever. But I mean, my roads. I've some things that have happened. I've just got I've got to do some amazing stuff, and uh, yeah, you know. I mean, really, you could take it back to. It's funny how like certain small things, you know, my dad getting a job in Orange County. So we lived in Riverside before. And none of us wanted to come here, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I was like, I want to stay with my friends. And if I had stayed there, I would have probably had a mustache and, a, you know, a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like a, I don't even,
0: you know. Listening to Journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Toto. <laughs>
3: I mean, I went back one time and, and I walked around my old neighborhood and all those guys. Out to, they, they Punk rock never got to them. Dude. really. No. You know, yeah. And I tried to go, like, check this stuff out. And they're like, dude, it's <laughs> not <laughs> Zeppelin, like bail. yeah that guy doesn't sound like Steve Perry at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. <laughs> Steve Perry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean, there's a there's a lot of Clash songs on, the, on the, that you guys do for Manic Hispanic. I mean, was that one of your influences or Gabby's influence or is it just
3: definitely definitely? Um, when when I was in Agent Orange, I we I got. Well, I mean, I had we got the first Clash record, and then Give Give 'Em Enough Rope came out when I was in the band in Agent Orange, and I remember going like, "Man, two guitars is kind of awesome." Mm-hmm. And so at that point. Like, I you know I knew I kind of knew at that at so at some point I was gonna do something else, and um. I wanted to write songs, and and Mike wanted to be the only songwriter, and you know that was, his prerogative. His band, you know, he kind of was running everything. So, but I knew that when I started playing in a new band, I wanted two guitar players, and it's all because of that record. Like, just really? the, the, yeah, the guitar interplay, you know, is is so cool, and it just it that was you know for me I've never been in a three piece band ever since you know it's always been two guitar players I don't even I can't even imagine you know writing music without two guitar parts to me so yeah the clash was huge you know on that and uh and and Gabby loved the clash I mean it was probably all of our favorite bands you know yeah and and the most awesome part about all that is Joe Strummer was aware of Manic Hispanic by the end. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, when, we would, when we did the second record and um, Brown Man and OCJ was on it. Yeah. So we were trying to get the clearance or whatever for that. And whoever was Joe Strummer's manager at the time, Maurice, our guitar player, talked to. Because Maurice also worked for the record label. And... He called back and he goes, yeah, you know, Joe's cool. He he goes, he wants to know if OCJ is Orange County Jail. Because at that point, <laughs> Strummer had been spending some time with Brian Setzer, who lived in Orange County for a while, right? So mm-hmm. um, and one night, Brian Setzer and Joe Strummer came down. Oh, what was the name of the car club? There was a car club that somehow met him. And so they were intrigued by the car club guys because they had all these cool, like, you know, old cars and mm-hmm. that culture for them, you know, these English guys, you know, or, you know, Strummer is. So anyway, they all showed up at the doll hut and I'm all, there's no way that Joe, I wasn't there. And I'm all, there was no way Joe Strummer's here. And this guy that I know goes out, comes or comes back the next week with his guitar, that it was signed by Joe Strummer and even wrote, hanging at the doll hut oh, on wow. this guy's acoustic guitar, you know, so. <laughs> and you're not here, Steve, so. Yeah, no. exactly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when Joe Stormer played the Hoot Nanny, oh, but back to the manager. So when he said, is, is it OCJ? And he goes, well, Joe said to tell you guys, if you ever make a video of this song, he would be in it. But that was back when making a video cost like $100,000 oh, yeah. because yeah. you had real cameras and all that stuff. <laughs> so that never happened. But when, we play, when he played the Hoot Nanny, Warren and I brought him like a couple hats and some shirts and stuff. And when we went up, he was like, oh, Manic Hispanic, I love you guys. <laughs> and and he signed Warren's um, Manic Hispanic book. Wow. Like from the, or, or no, it was the Clash on Broadway book. But it says, I love Manic Hispanic, you know, Warren something, and then he's all, love Joe Strummer. Wow. And, uh, and you're not here, Steve. So yeah, okay. yeah no, I, I was standing right there. But, but once again, you know, once again in my fuck-ups in life, I'm always like, I don't I, like. I don't ask. I, I've never asked people for autographs, mm-hmm. and and either the ones that I've wanted to, I haven't. Like that day, I was just like, I don't have anything for him to sign, <laughs> and I don't want to go here to sign the back of my driver's license or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, I should have, yeah. you know. But yeah, so Warren was smart, and he brought that. And Alex from Alex's bar had like fifteen posters, and he brought them all. And I'm like, Dude, he's not going to sign fifteen posters. He <laughs> sat there and signed every one of them. That is so. And um, Alex, you know, gave him to some of his friends and stuff, you know. But he's got a couple hanging up in the you know back of the bar and stuff too. He, Joe Strummer was like the nicest guy ever, you know. And he took time, like actually hung out and talked to me and Warren for a little while. That is so fucking cool. You know, yeah, yeah. It
0: was it was pretty awesome. I think out of like, if I can name fifteen of the most greatest human beings on the planet, Joe Strummer's is definitely one of them.
3: Yeah yeah for sure <laughs> I, uh, I you know like to me I always the, it's the like the the holy trilogy of punk rock singers mm-hmm. is you know is Joey Ramone Joe Strummer and then Dave Vaney and the Holy Ghost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like and and uh two of those guys in my life where I've actually let I me mean, like like that day was awesome with Joe Strummer I actually got to record music with Joey Ramone and had a friendship with him which was Really trippy, as it you know what I mean, because you're still like sometimes you know you're at Starbucks with them and then you're going, I'm at Starbucks with you. You like, <laughs> and this is before phone, before cell phone, so you couldn't prove it like sneak a little video and post it on Facebook, just hang it out with Joey Ramon. But um, sharing a latte with Joey Ramon, yeah. <laughs> <just seeing> <laughs> but um, but no. and then and then Dave Vaney, and I played like probably 30 shows with the damn throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And every time I've tried to like have just like walk up and go, hey man, you know, thanks for all the great music, you know, it's like I always say, Heisman's me. He's just me like, Uh, Uh. like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And for years, like it would just be like I'd be walking down the same hallway at like House of Blues. And it was almost, I just felt like he'd see me and go, cut that different way. (laughs) Oh shit, here comes Steve again. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, right? You were never there. So when I was drinking, those three years I was drinking again. We played a festival with them in, in England. And Pinch, the drummer of the dam, is a good friend of mine. And, and, uh, and at first, I'm all, I'm going to call Dave Vanian out on this crap today. And <laughs> we're like drinking vodka. Oh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, do it. Because it's going to be comedy for him either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm all, now, it's Dave Vanian. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. So i walking out of the dressing room. And we're walking past Dave. And Pinch just stops right in front of Vaney and goes, hey, Dave, this is my friend Steve, he's got something he wants to say to you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wasted, and I just looked at him and I'm all, hey, Dave, do you know what the Heisman Trophy is? (laughs) And he goes, no, and I'm like, well, it's an American football trophy and it looks like this, and I show him how the Heisman look. (laughs) And I go, and I kind of feel like that's how you run me every time I see you. (laughs) And I go, I'm not trying to be your bro. I go, I just want, you know, like I'm in my 40s and I'm making a living playing music and that probably wouldn't have happened if your band hadn't existed and inspired me the way it did. That's all I've ever really wanted to say. I really don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take up your time and, you know, whatever. And he was being cool, you know, and you could tell he was just kind of like still a little startled by my whole my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's married to Patricia who was in a band called The Bags in LA in the mm-hmm. in the 70s late 70s, early 80s so and and I love the bags. And they have a song called Survive that was like a seven inch that still to this day one of the best punk rock songs ever in my book. And so I said, I go, hey I, and, I, and she was in legal weapon before I was. So I said, hey, I, you know I replaced your wife in legal weapon and, he, and and someone had told me, if you talk about his wife, he's real friendly, like mm-hmm. he's you know super proud of her and you know mm-hmm. so he starts being he's, oh, that's great. Then I go, yeah, I go, have you ever heard that Survive EP? it's you know it's amazing and he goes yeah yeah and i'm all i go yeah that's one of the best punk records ever and i go i think it's better than most of your stuff i gotta split and then i just took off <laughs> oh. <laughs> so i don't see we don't see him again i don't play i haven't seen you know i hadn't seen the dam for a long time and then um and i asked pinch dude did i blow it and he goes nah he was laughing it's all right <laughs> but anyway about two years ago cj ramon opened up for the Damned in uh, L A and uh when I was walking through the hallway, I walked by and I looked at him, and he goes, "Hello, Steve." <laughs> but then he kept walking. But he still, at least, he remembered my name. Right?
0: You know, that would have been great if you would have gave him the Heisman.
2: Yeah. And just turn, just turn, yeah. just turn tables on around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Just, give, yeah. just give, give him a foot, give him a football. You know, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. go along. <laughs> you sign
0: this. <us. laughs> <laughs> so, how do you? How, I mean, just going back to Mattias manic how did you guys choose the songs that were beyond there? I mean, like, to parody. Did they come with lyrics or or it was just something? How, how did that process nah, work? No,
3: the thing, it, it's it's usually, like, someone will come up with, like, you know, like, the song title. <laughs> okay. And then they just kind of write themselves. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and we used, to, like, we used to joke around, like, Warren and I wrote a lot of that stuff. And then we'd get it to Gabby and it was just like he'd take it to the whole next level, you know. <laughs> it was always it was always kind of awesome to have something, and when you're given, because you know he's gonna give it back to you, like just shine it up a little more. <laughs> Gabby you, fire, yeah, and it's all yeah, you know. But I mean, like you know, Warren writes a lot of that stuff. I, one of my favorites is. Uh, cruise like the bruise yeah and that's all worn, you know like uh you know my tia cooks a goat out in the backyard in a pit like that's all, you know. and he's all it's true dude I, that happened in my you know. so you know smoking
0: lane yellows and boning chicas <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you know what, Lyrica? could never figure out was it a. Uh, since we're giving it away, we're taking communion. How do how does that look? Oh no, real?
3: sins forgiven when uh, sins forgiven when taking communion. So uh <laughs> Sins forgiven when taking communion. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> That's such a great song. <laughs>
0: so you and you and Warren would write the song and gagging. Well, would I mean everyone
3: did, you know, everyone you know had parts of you know, like not just me and Warren, but um you know, everyone would come up, toss an idea around, you know, like you could give Gabby a title and he'd come back and go, here you go, you know. <laughs> give so, you a full song. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I Like Brown Man and OCJ, Um, I wrote that one and, and it's like Sonny actually got arrested when we played in Old World. Okay. And so that was kind of actually about, he got arrested on the way home from the show. So it's almost a true story in a comedy setting, yeah. You know I mean?
0: So he really didn't make it home to the clique. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you know, <laughs> so yeah, like so, you know, a lot of that stuff is like that. The er- if you listen the early records, there wasn't a lot of you know what I mean. Like in fact, when Louis was, I go, Louis learned these songs, and he goes, "Can you send me the words?" And I was like, I sat down and listened to them all. Some of them we didn't really change. You know, there was some lazy aspects of Manic Hispanic <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> You know, whereas as it progressed, I mean, like now it's, you know, I mean, we kind of perfected it over time where we're like, okay, you know, we got to step it up a little more with these lyrics and not just kind of half-ass it, you know. <laughs> but when we made that first record, we didn't even know we were going to make a record that day, you know. So it was kind of like it was all on the spot and we okay. did it in a day and a half, <laughs> you know. And, uh, wow. In yeah. fact, one of the songs, I think it's, we weren't going to put Jet Muchacho on, which i'm glad we did because it's it's like one of the funniest ones <laughs> yeah but i had already split i think i had to go you know work at the doll hut or something and i had left and then they called and said hey can you come back and play the guitar solo and i'm like dude it's packed down here and you know i'm running the whole show i can't leave so our friend uh brad de lucas or brad logan from uh now he was in f minus he's in a band called rats on the wall now leftover crack mm-hmm. but bradley was just like a guy that hung around and he was just happened to be down there and i'm all have bradley go just run in and play so he played the guitar solo on that because <laughs> oh, sure, it was yeah. one of those things. i mean we seriously did that record and it it was done you know mm-hmm. and so when at some point we broke up when when gabby went out on his run and started getting loaded again and stuff and i was in 22 jacks i was gone. That band toured like 200 days a year easily, you know. So the band kind of wasn't happening that much before we did the Recline record. And then someone bought the label Dr. Dream. And so then the guy um, that bought it was going through the books and he goes, this Manic Hispanic record made me more money than all these other bands. And partially it's because we had a really small studio budget. So we were like out of the red pretty quick, you know we didn't tell him that we just
0: go dude come on people love us you know a multi-platinum artist But <laughs> so, so
3: he calls he calls me up and he goes um i'm, I'm i want to get manic i want another manic hispanic record and i i've heard you and gabby are the guys i have to talk to and i'm all okay and he goes gabby says you know if i pay you guys a little money on the side, you'll talk everyone else
1: into
3: Oh wow! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nice, so, He speaks for me as well on that. I'm, I'm with that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
3: Just keep talking.
0: I like. I like what I'm hearing.
3: Right <laughs> so that's
0: how that's how recline came in.
3: <clears throat> so I wrote that night. I I go okay. We got to have some new songs, and I did the brown man and OCJ. Like I put that one together, and then yeah, just everything kind of you know. Um, and you know, someone came up with a title for Get Him Immigrated and then Gabby just went you know on a run with that and, uh, you know there, yeah so but that record was crazy cuz he was you know he was high <laughs> and there was one day he showed up and he was just like just uh, just give me the tapes and I'm going to take them to this other studio and put my vocals on there and we're like Nah, they will never. This is back when nothing was digital. It was on like these big reels, and it was like ah, I don't feel good about that, you know. Because you know he pulled he pulled up one time with the chicken cages on the back of his pickup truck. What? You went know, to, to the studio and What wow. are you doing? He goes ah, nothing. Don't worry about it. You know, he says, oh, damn. Like, D-
0: do we need to feed those fucking things before we go in reporters?" Nothing to see. They're gonna be part of the album. <laughs> Keep it moving.
2: <laughs> um, Grupo Sexo is one of my favorite albums man and uh, <laughs> welcome to Paramount oh my god man <laughs> <laughs> laughing my ass off one of my all time favorite songs from Manic Hispanic <laughs> Just curious, did you guys ever spend any time out here in Paramount? No, no, no we didn't, or I didn't, and I, I wrote most of that, so yeah.
3: <laughs> I, that was just, that was one of those things where the the title fit first. Right. Right, Welcome to Paradise. Someone was like, we got you to do a Green Day song. <laughs> okay, uh, welcome to Paradise. Uh,
2: okay, you know. <laughs> so, and then it just kind of went from there. I, I just love all the little, you know, uh, uh Gabby-isms throughout the song, uh, yeah. you know, tamales, yeah, yeah. oh my
3: God, it's just great, yeah. great. And that <laughs> stuff was all, you know, like all the little bits and stuff, you yeah. know, he just, we just put him in a room with a microphone and, <laughs> you know, I, today, because we're doing the um, the Menudo incident this week, this weekend, I listened to, I was listening to the songs, but I hadn't listened to the poem because you know, I mean, it's like we're never we never play that so the drive like, by a smile, yeah, right. So, but and what we're gonna do is is when we're done with all the songs up to that, then we're just gonna blast that through you know the loudspeakers. But I haven't listened to that in you know five or six years, even right. Just, uh, and it was it was trippy because I mean, like, well, hearing him was emotional, mm-hmm. right? But then I was listening to to us and I was just thinking about what that happened that day and i made him i cracked him up at one point he's saying something you know and he kind of laughs for a second or he kind of you know and uh because i was doing those real high doo-wop you know that stuff was that you that's me (laughs) and i was so much louder than everyone else that i was like 10 feet away from the mic i you know so i was like way far off but when I was doing it and I hit like where I got like up to like the highest thing that I'd done and I think I caught him off guard and he kind of like chuckled for a second and I remember that all happening. But that's all live. You know, Warren is doing the real low one. And then uh Ace and and uh, uh Mo or you know and, and Ruben were doing kind of the middle stuff, but it was all live and it was all one take and he did that all just off the top of his head. You know. Wow. And uh,
0: that was that was the funniest shit. When I first heard it, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah,
3: I you know his his one take stuff. What's the other one? Um Tijuana must fall. Yeah, he didn't have words for that. He just went in and just just knocked it out. Damn. And Damn. I mean, you know, I, that guy's left me in tears so many times. You know, just from that kind of stuff. And, and it's like, but yeah,
0: <laughs> I just remember that one part of that song where he's saying, that like, and your Theo comes in, rawr, rawr. <laughs> It means, go get word, go get word. <laughs> I love that. But then if you know,
3: like, because he, then he says, my, you know, my Tio Bobby Pinn, and Bobby Pin was Darby's name before he was Darby in, in the germs. So when he says, go get your bow, <laughs> you <know>, he does <laughs> like the Darby crowd. It's like. <laughs> yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. That's just, I mean, that's just coming out of his brain you know what i mean it's like i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I really i mean i miss i miss that and and i i can't express how fortunate that i was to like be around him that much because i mean like it was just so many so many um, like amazing laughs and it's not to say that like you know i mean we butted heads sometimes you know and, and always over stupid Stupid stuff, you know what I mean. But like, you know, band stuff or whatever. You know, oh, we should do this show. I don't think we should do this show. And then it was like, well, and then he and I would kind of have that because we were both kind of, you know, running our our own bands. So then you have that, you know, like, well, who's the boss here? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like we got, you got two alphas in a cage. Yeah, man. you know. So so like every once in a while, you know, it got weird, but never never bad enough, you know. That it was you know, but um. But, yeah, most of all of it was just, you know, hilarity, you know, just all the time, you know. And uh, uh it, doing those records with him, even the, even the craziest one, which was the recline where he was out of his mind, mm-hmm. was fun, you know. And I have, like, in my head, like, these memories of that, you know, and different, you know. There's one of those, I think it's on the first one where the pizza guy comes in yeah uh, (laughs) right before rudy cholo right is that what it is so it's on the second record then where he's all uh but he's all like "Yeah, yeah, you see those guys in there those guys are hotos and like the white man's in there he's got all the money or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and when that was going down like none of that's planned the pizza guy really did come in while he was out there getting ready to do a vocal track and so it's just there you know on the mic (laughs) (laughs) oh wow And, yeah, I mean it's it's all, all a lot of his his best stuff is not planned. It's just you know just spontaneous.
4: Yeah, yeah, best yeah. things. Yeah.
0: Did you ever witness anybody touching tongues for twenty dollars? No, no one ever really. No one ever went for it. What? Okay, so Gabby had this thing. I don't know if he had it in Manic Hispanic, but he definitely had it in the Catholic Tramps, where he pull out twenty bucks, and he would say. I'll give uh, you two guys right there twenty bucks if you touch tongues for three seconds.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, no one ever did it. And wow. and most of his jokes
3: could move back and forth between both bands. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's like one time even in the flock, he's up there and all of a sudden he starts like you know talks you know talking more and like his cholo thing, and I'm like, dude, wrong band. <laughs> <laughs> Act a little fruity right now, or something. <laughs> You're wearing a dress, bro. Like it's not the time. <laughs> but uh, wrong area code. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I never saw you know. But a lot of a lot of that same you know shtick definitely happened in the trams and, and in manic. So yeah, no, I never saw anyone do it. <laughs> which i'm kind of stoked on yeah. <laughs> i
0: figure with all those shows I, they would have at least been two people that did it you know? uh, at least <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least they had to be drunk <laughs> probably nowadays you'll get that <laughs> yeah but that was that was always my favorite part when you try to get two people to touch yeah. tongues <laughs> that was always my favorite part
3: well there's always a, there's a guy that used to come all the time and uh he had like really long hair and a beard and there was well, a couple a couple of guys that would come to shows that were like longer hair or something mm-hmm. and he'd pick them out and then he'd, you know they always make the Ted Nugent jokes. <laughs> and, and so then by after some point I knew to kick right into like cat scratch fever while he's talking and it's, you know.
0: Now, there's a video out on YouTube of um, OCJ but it's cut to blood in blood out. Do you guys have a part of that?
3: No, I've never seen that.
0: Yeah, somebody <laughs> so, somebody actually cut um, OCJ and the lyrics go along with scenes from blood in blood out no way yeah you got to check it out I'll, oh, send wow. you, I'll send you the link It's oh, that's it. awesome and it's and it's yeah and um it says uh directed by so-and-so and it said in parentheses el pinchi director <laughs> so yeah i thought it was you guys because of that i was just curious i was going to ask you about that
3: no, I, that's the first I've heard of it, but I can't wait to
0: to go <laughs> to watch it. It's cut clean. I mean, every oh, scene wow. has you know every lyric has its own scene. I mean, it's really cool. Oh, that's so. awesome.
3: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, no, I I, I I gotta see that. That's amazing.
0: See, it's amazing what your fans and a computer can do. <laughs> yeah, right?
3: exactly. I wish I had those skills because, like, now you know, as we were waiting for. Like permission to release the stuff. We still wanted to get it out somehow, so we've been doing it, you know, on YouTube and just, you know, one of them is just some photos from a live show. I just I'm I'm making them on like my iPhoto thing, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? The slideshow. It's so, you know, well, it's it's too it's totally super chunty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I just think. This is how my grandpa would do this. <laughs> <laughs> Me, he'll bring out the projector. <laughs> i always love shit like my grandfather would have like a, you know the broom with like you could tell he nailed the the push broom back together oh, yeah. like that you know just like all this is stuff that he <laughs> i can fix this and wrap tape all, no, all on, around no, it no,
1: no, the, the, the duct tape
3: my dad and and it, you know it comes down through the you know the bloodline because like my dad one time something uh happened to my mom's car and, and there's like plastic thing from under the bottom I guess it's like an undercover or whatever a skid I'd, plate yeah so I fall kind of down and, and he goes well, well he goes I can't get it into the shop until Monday or something so this is like Saturday afternoon a little while later I walk out And he'd taken an extension cord and, like, tied it under – found a hole in the thing, tied it through there, tied that to the bumper. It was all tied up. That's called called a Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. That's a Mexican-American engineering. Oh, yeah, Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, you know, like, with these videos and stuff, like, I'm impressed, you know, like, because today (laughs) – Today, as a matter of fact, I'm all I gotta get past this slideshow bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm wondering if iMovies like I can make something, <laughs> you know, because we just we have five new songs that are, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do five more slideshows, you know, so. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. exactly. a lot of work. <laughs> what is? Uh, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead,
3: go ahead.
2: Uh, what is your uh, your heritage? Are you? Uh, uh, do you have Hispanic heritage? Yes, yeah, yeah? I'm Swedish and Mexican.
3: Okay, and and. Well, and it's funny because my grandma used to always be, you know, she'd always go, Oh, well, well, we're Spanish. You know, and she'd tell my dad, like, you know, my uncle, like, No, you're not Mexican, you're Spanish, you know, and, and they knew to piss her off. They, you know, soy puro mexicano, and she'd get pissed, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we did that DNA test thing. And sure as shit, my dad is like three, three quarters Iberian, which is Spain, mm-hmm. and a quarter American, you know, and, uh, so maybe she wasn't lying. Everyone always thought she was lying, <laughs> to, but her family—my um, great-great grandfather—owned Chavez Ravine. He was the, oh, that wow. Chavez, oh, wow, it and is. sold it to the state, or right. you know, like years and years ago, before they knew what they were going to do with it or anything. Yeah. But he had owned that property. So my dad's whole family's from L.A. and uh, uh, Santa Monica, like around in there.
2: And did you uh, grow up? Speaking a lot of Spanish? Nah, you know, my mom's Swedish, and uh,
3: not from Sweden, but, you know, the ma- ma- majority, she's like... And so, yeah, we I grew up in total suburban, you know, just white fam. You know, my dad, <laughs> she beat the Mexican out of my dad. He fought <laughs> back for it later, you know what I mean? Like, and once... It's funny, once he... My dad probably didn't speak Spanish until, again, until he started hanging out with my grandfather, and they kind of rebuilt their relationship, and then... I'd go over there with them and they'd be like speaking Spanish. And I'm just all, it's your fault. I don't know this shit. <laughs> 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 <Okay>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's funny, like different guys in the band, you know, in the band, like with Manic, like Warren grew up in in Tokerstown and Fullerton, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like right in the thick of it. Ephraim, you know, was like a skateboard kid. You know, Gabby's kind of in between, you know what I mean? He right. grew up in Westminster, but, you know, I, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> there was a period in high school I think he used to tell people he was Italian just to, you know, not get <laughs> fucked <laughs> with or something. You
0: know? That's what uh, that's what Brian Coakley yeah, said. Yeah.
2: It's in the
3: documentary,
1: I right think, too. Yeah, yeah,
3: so... Uh, um gilbert and is is uh are the one in the new guy like he fully grew up you know in the in the where he, in santa Ana somewhere you know so i mean like and we're more and maurice we always jo- maurice is like like he plays golf and and doesn't even he's he's saying uh out of step that's maurice Sigan. uh the out of step <laughs> with la Rosa, that's yeah <laughs> so we all kind of have our different you know like levels of it and stuff. I would when we would go to parties at my dad's side of the family. That's when you know you'd be like, oh, okay. And then we go to parties my mom's side of the family. And you're like sitting there, like oh, yeah. the quiet ones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what party had the better food? Oh, come on,
4: <laughs> the one with the tamales, right? <laughs> exactly. You
2: mean, you mean the smorgasbord, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: Which one you got drunk at the most? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they greeted you with a beer. That was. Really- <laughs>
4: Beer and some tamales. That
0: would be awesome right now. We're <laughs> 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 into us So you got, uh, you got how many shows in LA with uh, adolescents coming up? Adolescents are doing...
3: We're playing in... There's that new club, Marty's on Newport. Oh, no. So we're playing there. And then we're doing... of um, uh, The Borderline, which is in Thousand Oaks. Those are our last two shows before we take off for Europe. And then we'll be there all summer. And then we come back and we'll do um, Riot Fest in the fall. And then we play every year, like the first week of December at the observatory. Mm -hmm. So that'll, you know, that'll probably be, usually stuff kind of falls in in between, you know, some stuff pops up, we just did Muse Inc. And, um, you know, that was like not a last minute thing, but it came up just kind of out of nowhere, like, hey, you guys want to do this? Hell yeah, you play with the descendants (laughs) in fear, sounds fun,
0: you know. (laughs) Oh hell yeah. Why why so, wouldn't you want it? Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, are, are you testing out the new material on those uh, music? And um music?
3: we did on the cruise, we we played twice like all the bands on the Floggy Molly cruise you play like, you know, two nights, so either Friday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. So our nights were Friday and Saturday, and we did three new songs each night. Just kind of mixed them in to the set. Not all at once, you know yeah. what I mean, but kind of and and we didn't fuck them up. So that, <laughs> that's, that's, always, that's always the most important thing, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of times, because of band schedules and everyone's scheduled, and the older you are, like, it's harder to get to. You know, when you're younger, we used to go, like, we rehearse Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and if you're not there, you're kicked yeah. out of the band. Now it's like, hey, dude, can you rehearse, like, three weeks from now on a Tuesday? Oh, bro, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but, um, but so um, a lot of times you start a tour, and you kind of know the new songs. Mm-hmm. And by like four weeks into the tour, you're killing it. Yeah. But the first shows were kind of, you know, and we always would try to like play, we'd always play Alex's the week after we got back from Europe because we go, this is the best we're going to sound because we just pretty much rehearsed five weeks in a row. All polished yeah. on. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Exactly. So those shows are always killer and fun, you know, but like, uh, so this year's, I'm trying, that's my goal is get everyone, like, let's not start off kind of. Shaky, you have to know it when we go in, over there, you know. So, we actually have like a usually we'll just do like hourly rehearsals somewhere, but we got a lockout for the next couple of months, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah,
0: for those of you in podcast land, he was crossing his fingers.
4: We rehearse over the phone like the old days, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bring that back. <laughs> But now you can do it via Skype. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's like but no, so you're daytime. you're
0: fucking up. Look at my fingers. Look. <laughs> There's a movie <laughs> that they exactly. did that in. Oh, uh, what's that called? The Rocker. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
4: <laughs> That's that a, a great, great movie. movie, yeah it is. <laughs>
0: I totally forgot about that movie. <laughs> it's I it's so bad it's great. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> like it all came back like 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 it just came back to me when you said, Oh yeah, I did see that
2: movie once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I own it somewhere, dude. You probably do. Yeah. You collect everything else. <laughs> yeah, you you
2: own Garbage Pail Kids, so you probably have that movie. Did you? See,
0: when you walked in here, did you notice the the Garbage Pail Kids frames? I
3: didn't, I didn't see. That. He has a, oh, the, the, the
0: first edition of Garbage Pail Kids, framed. Oh wow! In, in these giant picture frames, you gotta you gotta check it out before <laughs> the you whole, leave. The whole collection. And he
2: has a movie. That movie
0: and G.I. a so, Dan
3: Root the guitar player in the Adolescents. he has a room that's just all like he like a lot of it's the rock dolls so he's oh. got like kids but he's got like some you're like I didn't even know they made a you know like a well Keith Morris has a bobblehead really and he's got that but I mean just Alice <laughs> Cooper like oh. all these different you know dolls and it's like you know like God, what, a, where do you find all this stuff? And B, like <laughs> I could sit in here for like hours and just trip
0: out of uh, it. You know, it's like the fucking guy got Abba action figures. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is up with that? He's got the
2: Bee Gees.
4: <laughs> I got more stuff I need to put up. I just haven't had a
2: chance. Yeah, a lot, of, lot more of your obscure drawings, and oh. paintings.
0: Oh yeah, that's coming yeah. up next. It's going to be covered up here. Go so earthy. you want you want you want we want to pause real
2: quick
3: yeah quick there's still tickets for Sunday um there's, there's there's a few tickets left for the Saturday show because of the fight the whole thing that happened with the fight like you can't on those ticket services you can't change the price once you put it out so when the because the price originally included the fight so if someone got a pre-sale ticket they're gonna get a ten dollar refund from Alex when they get to the club. Alex, personally. Really? Just walk up to No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, make that stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a Hamilton kid. Hey, oh, <laughs>
3: and, and all the guys all the manic guys are gonna <laughs> keep be- walking around and back in line and going putting their hat on lower. Hey, you didn't pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's one of the classic manic classic manic joke is always whenever the money's getting split up, and Gabby would always tell someone in you know, the band go like you know say if we each made a hundred dollars or something he'd go like did you get your 300 bro but then that guy would be like what i only got a hundred dollars really me and Warren
2: got three hundred you know
3: what i mean and then that guy would just lose his you was know, oh, wow. uh, awesome but yeah so 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 there's they had to stop selling pre-sale tickets because they couldn't change the price back to 15 from 25. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, you said there, there's like 30 tickets or something at the door for Saturday, maybe 40, and then Sunday there's still tickets available for mm-hmm. Sunday show too. So, um, uh, yeah, we just w- hope everyone comes out. You know, they're gonna be fun. Yeah, it's uh, we we did we did one show at Characters, and and it was it was a blast. It was totally you know, it's a really cool place to play. Yeah, Characters is cool. It's Gonzo's <laughs> place, you know, and, and it's it's fun. Yeah. Uh, there's a pool table in the middle of the stage.
0: Hold my guitar, I got it. It's my I'm up next.
2: <laughs> hey, it's like uh, hurry up and uh, you know play that part because somebody's trying to put, <laughs> put <laughs> <the laughs> Gabe on the corner pocket. You know, <laughs> or, the, or the dart board that's right behind you. Uh, when you're playing, <laughs> dodging the you know darts coming your way. <laughs> trying to play your, your solo. <laughs>
0: Are we recording again? Yeah. So all that stuff that wasn't recorded? No, it's recorded. Okay. I to give are are you we recording? Let's say that I don't think I don't think I said that in this podcast. Yeah, our recording right. <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on?
2: Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro right there, dude. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta remember. He's that. A, he's the editing master <laughs> of this
2: mm. podcast. The editor, photographer, <laughs> obscure person extraordinaire.
0: And he makes a mean, um, what is that, air-baked French fries? Oh, the, the air fryer. The, he has an air fryer that we've been working with. Yeah. Sweet. And he made some mean <laughs> French fries on it this <laughs> afternoon. I
4: have this nice kitchen in there, and I depend on the air fryer.
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so. I just wanted to let you know, me personally. Uh, every time I go, scratch that. Every time I've gone to a Manic Hispanic show, um, or the times that I've seen you fill in with the tramps, uh-huh. um, you know, maybe you guys don't remember. You know, you guys got a lot of stuff going on, but just the uh, the very simple things, you know, taking a picture with us or saying he- hello and all, whatever the the case was. Uh, you guys always make the environment very. Homely, very loving, you know. Homely, very, very, yeah, know. You know, very, very very, <laughs> 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 very,
3: very, loving. Man, you guys
2: are ugly.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. <laughs>
0: uh, I was just picturing um, Joel leaving with a uh, to-go cup of menudo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Some
0: some cold tortillas. You know, I'm
2: you guys, you guys always made you know people feel at home at least my personal experience you know Thanks. yeah so.
3: i you know it, it's funny and, and i probably got more like especially being around the trams, guys like when we first when i was in joyride when we first met those guys like they're so you know just and not like my bands were ever uncool to people you know we were always like hey how you doing but like i'd see gabby and worn out like hugging people and stuff and, and when we <laughs> met them they were all big huggers and uh Joyride, we, we were all kind of like, they'd come up and hug us and, you know, like, we'd be like, I, I don't know, I'm not used to that, you know what right. I mean? I don't know if it was an AA thing for them or what, you know, but always, you know, when Gabby says, like, you know, shake hands with the guy next to you or, you know, he's not, he's, that's how he is, you right. know? So, I don't know, maybe I, I, we picked up more of that from, you know, I mean, over the years, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, I'm stoked, you guys come to this. I'm stoked, people. Any, you know, people are coming, and like bands that kind of just, you know, straight into a dressing room or whatever. You know, you're kind of like you're missing out on them. You know, on there's a lot of cool people out there that we get to meet doing this. You know, uh, I've, I have friends all over <laughs> the world that I've made because I didn't go run into a dressing room yeah. after yeah. the show. And, yeah. and you know
2: what? I, I'm I'm a firm believer in you know timing is everything. You know, and I mean we followed the adolescents growing up as kids you know um, and then as we as we've gro- grown throughout the years as musicians ourselves you know uh, you know we, we we take what we've learned from people like yourself and Gabby and the tramps and you know Agent Orange and everyone and, and you know the entire OC punk movement as a whole um, and it's really at least for me has a you know really shaped me as far as what I wanted to be as a musician and a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can honestly say that you guys have uh, paved the way uh, for guys like us. And I, I never thought in a million years we'd be sitting in a room with you <laughs> talking about, you know, you know, the stories that you've been telling us and then us being able to tell you th- things like this firsthand and uh-huh. how it is that you've affected us throughout, you know, our, our uh, growing up years and whatnot.
3: You know, I think one of the great things about punk rock – is that that kind of? It seemed like before punk rock, that wasn't possible mm-hmm. right. in all kind. Of, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not like uh, you know Elvis got out and got it. You know, and, and he was different because there was like this hysteria around him. You know, mm-hmm. like most of your you know punk rock guys like Jack Grisham or whoever can go to the grocery store. And it's <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's also like, um, it's awesome that the, like the walls kind of went away. You know, mm-hmm. of that between like performers and and people that watch them perform, you know, right. and you could because I mean they're really you know it, it, I, I, when I was young, I remember just thinking about it and kind of going like, you know, yeah, I can play guitar and that's cool, but I can't fix my own car, mm-hmm. and I can't build a house and when my plumbing's fucked up I can't do anything about it so those guys are cool to me because yeah. that's you know what I mean right. like everyone's got something that they're good at or you know what I mean and and, and uh, so no one should be you know like some bands cop attitudes and it's just kind of weird to me you know and when I've had it, you know, sometimes you'll meet guys that, that's another thing, too. See, I don't want to Heisman, Heisman anybody like Dave Banyan did to me. Right. <laughs> It hurts, man. Dave, if you're listening somewhere,
0: Dave, you scarred me. And uh, thank you for listening to our podcast, if you are listening. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, just a quarterback off of what he said, and I know Rick's going to hate this because it's not kissing ass, but I fucking learned to play bass on that blue album. Oh. I fucking learned to play bass. You taught me how to play bass, basically. So what? it's fucking and crazy. And didn't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that. So, you know, when I took ba- no, I'm just kidding. You, yeah. you, you owe, you owe
2: him. No, Come you know you what's know, funny is, 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 is. is,
3: and that's awesome to hear. Like, that really is. You yeah. know, all kidding and stuff aside, that's awesome to hear. And, and and sometimes, you know, when people tell you things like that, you know, like you people don't, uh, you know, you go, oh, that's cool but you don't think, but I mean, I, it it really is cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's, and, 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 and it's never lost on me, you know, like things that happen in my life that, and I go like, I would have never, you know, like when I, when I wrote those songs and played on those songs, I never thought someone was going to tell me 40 years later, Hey dude, I started playing music because of that. You know what I mean? And it's like, so you, you know when you're in that moment you're not even thinking much more than i just we just wanted to be the coolest band in fullerton you know what i mean like we didn't expect anyone to go out and really listen to it at first you know i don't know i don't know what we were thinking we weren't thinking about it
2: Uh, so yeah yeah you guys definitely impacted our lives i mean i remember when this guy said hey dude listen to this and it was a blue album and the first song i ever heard was la girl and i was uh like holy shit dude this is fucking great you know and then after that that's all she wrote you know uh-huh. that's, that's that's all it was for me after that well, that's awesome you yeah it's one of those
4: things that, that got passed down the line mm-hmm. like hey yeah. I, I got it here listen to this one Joe listen to this yeah. one Chris you know everybody got down the line so like uh-huh. pretty incredible how,
0: how far the uh, goals but you know what? we did buy our own individual <laughs> <albums>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I, i'm totally like <laughs> yeah I, chris. It, chris we didn't download it from napster at all yeah you know. i'm i'm so like yeah you know like
3: i everyone that cries about napster and all that stuff like shh, whatever as long as people are listening to it i don't care yeah. you know what i mean like spotify well i guess you pay for spotify but you know what i'm saying like now like when we put out stuff, I don't even, I don't expect to make money playing or pay, putting out records. It's just so people, I want to make, I want to write new songs and I want to play them. Mm-hmm. So it's not cool to play them live if people haven't heard them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so wherever people find them, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it's funny now, like, I know, you know, a lot of people just get real bent about what happened with yeah. the music business, but like, just it is what it is. You know what I mean? If it's like raining, you, put on a raincoat and umbrella and deal with it mm-hmm. you don't sit in your room and not go outside because you have you have stuff to do you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so like the landscape changed deal with it you know what i mean to yeah. like so so you know like uh <laughs> i said i if, if you can if you can find my music and steal it go for it <laughs> 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 and, I, and you know it's like we said you know like even you know like you know when we have this label that we're on with the adolescents in germany and Every day is a fight for me not to just put this stuff up, this new record up online now and just go like, ah, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know, whatever. It's a, I just want people to hear the music. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I just I've done a couple solo records and a lot of times I just give those CDs to people. I don't need to, you know what I mean? It's like I want people to hear it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, it's not like, well, you know, this costs a lot of money. You gotta, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and the fun thing with Manic now is that like we like when we play or anything that any kind of financial thing we get, we just kinda of dump back into making more music now. Yeah. So we don't have to like you know, like, oh I need this money to pay my phone bill or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it's just like it just kind of pays for itself in the sense of like, oh, now, yeah, we can go record five more songs. This for is cool. free. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and put them up on YouTube for free. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then people will come and want we'll fun, and it'll, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, it's all just, you
0: know, keep the party going. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, not to compare you guys with Weird Al Yankovic, but he used, <laughs> a, he used the Fair Use Act for right. his parody songs. Is that what you guys are using? Or...
3: Yeah, there's there's like the whole thing with that. Most we know so many (laughs) of the bands that we do this. (laughs) So like when we're like yesterday, I just sent we we uh. Have you ever heard that song "American" by the Descendants? Yeah. So we did Mexican American, and I just sent it to Carl and and yesterday because he wrote that song, you know. And Uh. it's like uh, we usually you know try to get the blessing, (laughs) you know. So. you know everyone everyone pretty much so far we we never we didn't get, we don't know any of the guys in in uh I don't know Cheetah Chrome I mean he's my Facebook friend but I don't really know him <laughs> know him so I didn't ask him but um for for sonic producer <laughs> but like um like the Stearns, I sent you know Mark and Sean you know that song this thing you know sneaking to California and and um and everyone's usually cool you know I've never had anyone go oh don't you know, don't I was just going to
0: ask you that if you did.
3: No. um, You know, what's funny is is uh, we did Fugazi Waiting Room. Yeah. Holding Cell, which is my – that's my favorite <laughs> off that last one. And, and um, so, you know, I, I, I met Ian like two years ago when I was on tour. I did a solo run with Kevin Seconds. All these years, we just never crossed – I'd seen him play. Mm-hmm. But I just we never got to know him. And he is – One of the coolest guys, just down to earth, awesome guys that I've ever met in my life. And we sat in a room, me, him, and Kevin at this club in DC and talked about like 70s, late 70s California punk rock Mm -hmm. for hours. And, you know, he was asking, he was like wanting to know everything about Eddie and the subtitles and the song American Society and all these things, you know, all this stuff that he didn't know on the, you know, didn't witness on the West Mm -hmm. Coast or, you know, East Coast, whatever. So anyway, so I send him, you know, this this email with the song in it, and he'd always said, yeah, yeah, if you ever want to get a hold of me, or if you're coming to DC, just hit, you know, just hit me with an email. I answer my emails every day. Blah, blah blah. So I send it, and I don't hear nothing. It's three days, four days, and them all. I wonder if they, you know, I'm all like, well, they got Mexicans in D.C.'s. Gotta kind of know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, but you're one like, and and when I wrote them the email, I go, I don't know if you've ever heard manic Hispanic, but this is this thing I do with, you know, and and kind of explain it to them, and still nothing. And about ten days in, I was just about, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to Brian Baker and go, hey, hit up Ian, and I know, you know. I know you were in Minor Threat and not Fugazi, but see if he'll give us permission because I don't want to do it without him saying it's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that night I got an email from him. And he's all, dude, I was, I was, I drove my family. We went to Chicago on a family trip and kind of stayed off the internet. And I've just been, you know, hanging with my my wife and kid and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Love the song. It's funny. Go ahead and do it. And when you press it, send it to us. And, you know, super cool and super good with it, you know. So I was like, that was a cyber relief because it was like because mm-hmm. we didn't want to put it even on YouTube until you know we're like he got his yeah out. and like the bouncing souls guys we'd done mastigona like like a lot live <laughs> mm. so for years so they knew about it and they were already like yeah go ahead you know so um and that- teardrop uh, teardrop on my eye that you know I called <laughs> Kevin the night we finished that and I sent it to him. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> do whatever you want. You know, yeah. Yeah, so.
2: so it's just basically word of mouth or, you know, word of mouth permission type of thing.
3: Yeah. At some point, at some point, we still file the stuff and it has to go through, like, if those guys have a publishing company, right? It has to be like, uh, like we just recorded, uh, 21st Century Digital Boy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> that's got to be like, so we'll have to run that through, like, Epitaph right publishing you know thing even though like we know the guys in the band mm-hmm. it's still you know like there's there's certain things you kind of right. have to just do you yeah, know. The politics. Yeah. Politics, yeah. Yeah.
2: know yeah politics business and politics is still a thing
3: yeah right I but i mean like with with sneaking to california the sterns own their publishing and own all this stuff so it was just they you know they go yeah we're not gonna go after you <laughs> put it out and you know um i think when when we were on their label and putting out records I am sure they were pretty cavalier with their attitude toward publishing for the other bands. No, I didn't mean that, Sean. <laughs> I'm sure you paid everybody. <laughs> but you know, in that in that whole thing with with cover songs and all that is yeah, like like there's the, the it, there's parody and then there you know what I mean, there there's, there's certain things that you know, is it like if you if your song's like a straight parody then I don't think you have to pay anyone but if it's just like a, you change the words but it's not a parody of that song mm-hmm. then you do you know I mean it's like it's uh, our, Mo, our other guitar player, he handles all. I'm like, I just go like, <laughs> hands off. I'm a better guitar player than him, but he's a better I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why
2: he's in the band. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Everyone's got, their, everyone's got their everyone's got their job. Deals know? with all the red tape. Yep. Yeah,
3: yeah. He's yeah, well. He worked at the label when uh, at Doctor Dream. When, that's how I met him, and uh, you know, so he's yeah. It's he's got a he's got a good head for all that stuff. You know, and, uh, so it's nice to be able to just leave it all some, that part of it to someone and just else. be the artist yeah, yeah. well you know in, in in all my other bands like a lot of times you know i end up running you know even you know like i mean like tony and i run the adolescence thing we don't want a manager it's like mm-hmm. i don't need some guy that's gonna come in and tell me what to do or what not to do i've done this long enough you know but sometimes it's good to have you know the more guys that can help out with that you know Ephraim's real uh, you know, on the ball about like merchandise and stuff for Manic, like you know, so he kind of runs the the uh, web page, you know, stuff for that, or you know what I mean. So it's like having other people, so you're not all doing it. Just one guy is kind of fun.
0: Because all I wanted for Christmas for the past two years was a Manic Hispanic T shirt, and you can't find one online. Are you bringing the merchandise back? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's being sorted out right now. We'll have a web page up with um, with all that stuff. Ephraim's in Europe with uh or in London with by uh, stereo. stereo. Yeah. He gets home. So they played their last show today. Tonight for them was like about five hours ago. <laughs> so he'll be probably on a plane in like three or four hours mm-hmm. and, and on his way out. So So yeah. And and we're gonna have stuff there's gonna be back in brown shirts, you know, off that the new record <laughs> at the show. And um Trying to get Louie to do like uh, because we just did it real quick. I don't know if you saw that low riders from Mars poster thing, Mm -hmm. but I want him to do like a way more detailed, like you know, we make a shirt for
0: that too. (laughs) And bring back, if you could just get one suggestion, bring back the Vatos Locos Forever shirt. Yeah,
3: I think we are. I think all of it's gonna, it's all of it's gonna, you know, like the guy that that made all our stuff for us has all those screens, so it's just a matter of, you know. And if you order it online, I think that's even easier because then they can go, oh yeah, we just you know we need to make one of these, and they do it, you know. Oh, that's cool. Where, you know, if we make fifty of them and take them to a show, if, if you're late, <laughs> you know what I mean? someone <laughs> might get them, or or sometimes we get stuck with fifty shirts. <laughs> yeah. do, right? You put them in your trunk. No, you put them in your trunk. <laughs> you know that happened. at That band. I play in punk rock karaoke, and that was a band that never like no one ever just bought shirts for punk rock karaoke. And we'd make them, we'd do like a little tour. We'd make shirts and come home with almost all of them. Oh, wow. And at one point it became like the hot potato. Like, dude, I don't. I got four boxes of these shirts in my house. <laughs> and I was living in like in a small apartment in Long Beach. So I'm like dumping them off on, on Hetson. And then Hetson dumped them off on Melvin. And somehow we ended a tour in San Francisco. So they went home with Melvin when he was in the band. And I was out there with, I was doing a solo run and I was playing with X. But I had like a, you know, it wasn't just me. I had a band with me and we had a van and a trailer. And Melvin came by early and we were just hanging out. We went and got some coffee and he saw the trailer. So at the end of the night, he pulls up next to the trailer's car and goes, Hey dude, can you take these four boxes? To car? <laughs>
0: I mean, your trailer's not that full of stuff. I think you have room. It's been in my house for four fucking months. Yeah, yeah. And,
3: and I finally, when I moved out of that pad in Long Beach, I just took those shirts to Goodwill by myself. So like, <laughs> hey. People running around with like punk rock karaoke shirts. So if
0: you're lucky you get buy a punk rock karaoke shirt for $1.99. <laughs> <laughs> Which
2: Goodwill was it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit, now I want one. <laughs> well it's always
3: you know with the adolescents one time we were on tour and this is like in the 80s and we were in Atlanta and someone broke in a tra- the trailer and stole all our shirts while we were inside playing like all the yeah. stuff that wasn't in the club. And the neighborhood was just like total ghetto, like you know. And I was just thinking later, if we wait like a week, it'd be so cool to cruise back and just see all these people, <laughs>
0: all these cholo's with adolescent shirts. <laughs> it, was, it,
3: was, it, was, it was a black neighborhood, so that would be you know, just like some kind of big old Afro cruiser around the Balboa Fun Zone, adolescent um, shirt. You know, just like what's up, brother? <laughs> yeah, you know, nice
2: shirt. <laughs> Who designed
3: your album covers, huh? Huh? Um, well, it depends. Which, pretty badass album covers. Which one? The to... <laughs> every <laughs> single one I've
2: seen, man. It was like it's like the artwork. I'm, a, I'm a, I love collecting vinyl, and that's one uh, thing that draws me to it. So every time I see the album covers, it's like I look at them, and I'm like, wow, this is well, this amazing stuff.
3: The adolescents have used the last the same guy. He's an artist from uh, Spain. Uh, Mario Rivera Rivera and he's done our last like six or seven records. Um the uh the Manic stuff is kind of different guys every time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh trying to think. Well Grupo Sexo was kinda of easy. We just took the circle jerks cover <laughs> and <laughs> You know, so those ones were easier. Um, Like the back and brown thing, you know, I I was with Alex from Alex's Bar when I was thinking about it. I came up with that. And Alex was the one that goes, dude, instead of a lightning bolt. Use the cord. Yeah, use the cord. (laughs) Like, Alex is like the the auxiliary member. You know, he kind of, uh, he comes up with he comes up with some stuff every once in a while or ideas, and I'm all like, oh, dude, you know. <laughs> and that was kind of how you know, like with Louie too. Is like, I, I kept going. I know there's somebody that you know what I mean that, that that's going to do this, and I, I, I know he's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't think of it, you know and we were tossing people back and forth and then all of a sudden it was just like at the same time we almost went like louis Perez, and then it was boom yeah and as soon as we both said it we were like yeah you know and uh you know i mean he's 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 awesome like that i got you know that sneak into california is him chonkla abuser is him i mean he stepped in right away and and has been (laughs) like just knows that you know brings it definitely you know and it's not you know that's a, a a tough gig for anyone I would think you know what I mean it's because I don't want people to ever go, oh you know he's trying to replace Gabby because he's not mm-hmm. he's just another guy in this you know dumb comedy thing we do this, <laughs> you know but he it, but, and he grew up listening to it, mm-hmm. so for him it's just like you know you know it's it's he knows the jokes because he grew up listening you know like in the car with him so he's just like, oh yeah, I can do this you know so it's it's awesome. <laughs> really cool
0: i think i think you guys have a, you know always had a perfect formula of the i guess i hate to say that word because I'm, I'm not mexican the chicano culture and punk rock and how it just infused together i think it was uh-huh. just like a perfect mashup of, of it i mean you just have, it's like your own niche you know yeah
3: i mean well you know it, it's funny because it's like as soon as it started like coming together like that like then it was like oh yeah this all works, and this works, and it, you know what I mean. It's like, it, it kind of, and 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 it. What's great is like, a, like I got a brother in law, and you know he grew up in in L.A. and and he never heard punk rock though. Like that wasn't his trip. Mm-hmm but he's mexican and as soon as he heard that stuff he's yeah. all like this is great <laughs> you know? and he thought we wrote all the songs so, well, no, no. <laughs> just the lyrics just the lyrics <laughs> but, uh, but uh every once in a while you go like why does gabby say manos instead of manos? well <laughs> you, you gotta ask him you know? <laughs> he
0: just had to be there
3: but uh and 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 he you know like uh it's you know he got to know G- Gabby a little bit and stuff you know and just like uh, um you know every like I'm saying like so here's this guy that wasn't punk rock or wasn't and you know what I mean, I mean he got he turned on it was, totally got, just got
0: totally into the it the fucking and, gateway drug Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, so. so if you're a cholo listening listen to Man. <laughs> you'll get into punk rock
3: well you know uh one of our one of the the singer on the, uh, one of the early records and we, we call him Mad Ralphie he's a friend of ours ace and his brother was um w- went to Cal State Fullerton, and he wasn't having any of us. Like you just making Mexicans look dumb. Like, you
0: was know? <laughs> <laughs> one of those uh, proud Chicanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know.
3: And, and, and Ace would go like, "No, dude, you got you know, get it. It's funny. It's like fun. Like we're embracing the culture. And, you know, and, like he wasn't not But you know, he wasn't having it. But um, so I mean, uh, you know, kind of works both ways. Mostly though, that's the only one i really ever remember. Like of not, you know. Not getting it.
0: You yeah. have set back the Chicano culture six
3: minutes. Only six minutes. Six minutes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, like in our, at least in my family, we always poke fun at each other like that. So that's why Manic's perfect for that. Uh huh. We're always yeah. making fun of each other and just like like, oh, you want to be successful? Get out of here. you yeah. know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's in line with the Manic Hispanic culture. Yeah. I
3: love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know when we were when we were doing the vocals for all this and and Louis, who's you know new and Gilbert. Who was new, and then Ephraim. And they all, they never really, like Ephraim and Gilbert knew each other really well, but I wasn't really the only one that really knew Louis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you bring people in like that, when we first started doing it, I'm like, this is, I kind of stepped back and just watched them. (laughs) And by the end, it was like three brothers. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, if you heard the the song uh, Teardrop on My Eye mm-hmm. Like all that ad lib stuff beforehand yeah. That was just them in a room with the mic You know And, <laughs> and uh, just playing with each other And it, and by the end of it like I, I remember I called Warren And I go Oh dude this is gonna work These guys They click together really well You know So uh, And yeah It's just And and now at practice and stuff They're just kinda yeah. and, You know <laughs> Smacking each other around and, You
0: know <laughs> I, I told you I told you in the text I don't know if you read it But the Clica podcast name is inspired by Mijo Goes to Junior College because we needed a name for this. Uh-huh. And I was in the shower. I was listening to Mijo Goes to Junior College and I was like, La Clica. <laughs> so I jumped out of the shower butt ass naked and I called him. I'm like, dude, this is what we're going to name it. We're going to name it like Clica. <laughs> and he's like, that's perfect. And then it, it's been this name ever since. I remember, I
4: stopped. At- I stop there and I go, hey, are you naked, dude?
3: <laughs> well, you know it's important if you jump out of the shower, you like, straight
4: before before putting he didn't on your tell pants. Me. He didn't <laughs> tell me that. I just heard the dripping water. Like that
0: sounds like water dripping from your ballsack.
4: <laughs> you hear the
0: echo and everything. Dude? Well, because well, you know it, it makes a different bounce. Once the water hits your balls, it makes a different bounce off the hardwood floor. Why not just that with the reverb. And yeah, in the reverb. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks for not FaceTiming me. <laughs> like, Can you see me? <laughs> it's like, I know I'm naked, dude, but I got an idea. <laughs> this is important. Like, listen, listen, dude. <laughs>
1: my eyes are up here. <laughs> uh, I just can't get that visual out of my head. Now. <laughs> you ruined it. it
4: so hey, well, hey, you Chris. did it yourself.
0: <laughs> We're changing the name now, dude. <laughs>
4: Joe calls me naked as a different story Yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it, It's more of a More of a Well more polished <laughs> More chiseled physique It's, it's Evian water I'm pretty sure his balls. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I look like Grover Naked
4: <laughs> You look like Like a dripping wet snuffleupagus. <laughs> there you go
0: Man now I can't watch Sesame Street Don't no <laughs> Sesame Street is sponsored by the number four And the sound wow. of Chris's <laughs> water dripping off his balls
2: uh, a, uh, a dripping wet snuffle But no trunk no.
1: Oh, okay
3: <laughs> wow. Where the hell did this go?
0: This went south really fast
4: are- <laughs> It went from a compliment to <laughs> Straight trap. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Okay, I'm so sorry. About this. this is what we do. <laughs> that's okay. I feel right at home. <laughs>
4: oh man. All right. La, la, la. Okay. On that la, note, la, la. <laughs> who designed the cover for uh, the? uh God was it? The crop dusting. The the new album. That was at
3: Mario Rivera. That was Tony's idea. Like a lot of times, that's you know Tony will come up with the idea and then he just kind of fleshes it out for him and. I yeah. love that cover. The minute I saw like, that's awesome. Yeah. I, would,
4: I need to get that.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's We're amazing. to make sure to that. Oh, yeah. And on the back, they say, Free Melania. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, you know, I, I guess uh, when people hate a president, it makes for good punk rock albums, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah,
3: well, you know, it's funny. When we first started making the record, the first couple songs weren't very political, and I kind of was surprised because Tony's usually, you know, like on point with all that or you know i like and i go i go these are cool they're you know and he goes yeah these are the lighthearted ones he goes i'm sure no one wants to hear me scream about trump for the whole 45 minutes or whatever <laughs> but then he came in and started like the, the first song on the record is about sarah huckabee and it's called queen of denial <laughs> and it, it's so good and then there's a song um that we do called just because then and, and it's like just all the Trumpisms, or mm. make it into the lyrics, you know, cofefe and all these different things, you know. And the chorus basically just goes, "Just because, just because, just because, fuck you." So yeah, you know, uh, I, it's funny. I, I, you know, my my folks are, my parents are conservative, you know, like, and so, you know, and, and you know, even most conservative people I know are uncomfortable with. That guy and all of his actions and stuff, too, you know. But, uh, you know, my mom saw that cover and she was like, kind of, oh, Steven, <laughs> you know, come on, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dad will think it's funny because all men laugh at fart jokes. You know? <laughs> but, but, um, but it's like, for, and for Manic, I mean, having this guy that, that doesn't like Mexicans as our president Gold. it's like yeah it's just like handing us the fucking Straight. basketball on a ladder and standing us next to the hoop like alright <laughs> do this all Gold. day long you know he
0: just gave you the keys of the city didn't yeah. he yeah.
3: I mean I, I don't know if you've heard all the songs that we put out so far but like uh, Naranjo yeah you know that was just like <laughs> there you go
0: you know, I, mean, I love kind, that song you know
3: and uh, and 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 uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure he's gonna pop up all over all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's it. We're gonna take the two EPs and then record like three or four more songs and then put it all out on a vinyl. Mm-hmm. And um, so the vinyl will be called. Uh, are, you, are you familiar with Wasted Youth Reagan's In? Yeah. So ours is gonna be Trump Die <laughs> <laughs> And And uh, same kind of drawing as you know, like the the same you know. Like, instead of the WY you know on the forehead it's going to be the, the United Farm Workers Eagles painted <laughs> <laughs> on his forehead <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: and uh you know i mean it's going to be on khaki brown vinyl that's going to
3: yeah ass. you know it's, it's, so yeah Three it's a gimme for paper. the next at least the next three more years yeah. or two and a half years, you know. <laughs> you will not run out of material. No. Uh, I'm sure we'll find a way to milk him after he's gone, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gone. Well, they do that
0: for George Bush. I mean, I wouldn't see why not. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Who, someone put up. Oh, God. When we put up Naranjo, too, someone goes. Ephraim, on the manic page you know it said it's about the worst presidente you know whatever and some guy goes oh you wrote a song about obama (laughs) like first of all (laughs) you can't even joke about that one yeah really it's (laughs) like i was, i trip out you know i i uh, I trip out on guys that come out of like the punk rock scene Mm -hmm. stuff that back him really trump yeah because you know what i mean it's like you know (laughs) water it's yeah yeah there's
4: no no common ground there yeah i mean (laughs) you know
3: i i know my i know my mom all the time kind of tries freaks out like how did i become this lefty yeah communist that you know (laughs) and uh and one time she actually told me too she goes like she was pissed we were arguing about politics why don't you just move to a communist country I'm all like, really? <laughs> like, got, there's not, well, really now there's like, what, Vietnam and Cuba, I guess I could go to, and that's yeah. about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's like, that's got to mean. Go Mom. to Cuba for the food, though. I mean, if you're yeah. going to go yeah. communist. You Just, know, yes. I I went there and I, I played there with CJ, which was amazing. And I, and I think we're going to go again mm-hmm. in November. And uh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, we had, it was weird. We had handlers with us like the whole time everywhere we went. So, we, I, you know, We probably didn't get to see Mm -hmm. you know stuff that they didn't want us to see but it was still you know unreal you know Mm -hmm. and i hope that that opens up and people can you know that was that that was the sad thing is we went at the tail end you know of the obama administration Mm -hmm. and i i called the the adolescence booking agent and i said we want we got to get down here how is this and she goes, it's going to open up in, in like three or four years. Like everyone will be, you know, it's going to take a little while. But now that it's gone yeah. away again, that window. Mm-hmm. We're only going because we're going to be part of a film <clears throat> festival. And it's a documentary about when we were there.
0: Okay. So we kind of squeak back in. That's <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. I saw that. I saw a documentary on Netflix about uh, Cuba and the cameraman. That's what it was called. And um, this guy just followed, you know, just been going to Cuba for... For about 30 years uh-huh. and he follows fidel castro around fidel castro just picked him up and just made him his little buddy i mean <laughs> it, it, it gave a uh, fidel castro a very human side it was, it was crazy uh-huh and the, the little history I had, now i want to go to cuba because based on that documentary i'm like wow this is this looks like a fantastic country
3: uh-huh yeah well it was it was i mean the parts we saw were just like super awesome and beautiful and then we were like walking around in downtown and you know it's funny as people co- are coming up you know going like you know americano and the guy t- someone goes just tell them you're canadian or they'll you know so there's like they've canadian has been going there forever so they, they're like oh whatever you know you say canadian they leave you alone but uh, <laughs> you're cheap is, get a canucks jersey or something yeah. you know? <laughs> well you know what like yeah i mean it's the same thing with the, with any like when you're in a city in your you know foreign city and there's the scam guys that see the tourists mm-hmm. coming you know and, and like the guy comes up and he puts a, a book and in, in, uh cj's hand and cj's kind of looking at it and then the guy's just like he goes to hand it back and the guy goes no no you know twenty dollars or whatever uh, no no i don't want that i want, the, I want no. to give you your book back it is you know just stuff like that so they go if you tell them you're canadian they just kind of go like oh we can't scam you or whatever you know? but <laughs> we don't thing, want your loonies yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing
3: that i remember that was trippy was wi-fi over there is only in like certain areas and there's this one street like a main street that it's on. Mm-hmm. So all these people are like <laughs> they're just, you know, like trying to do whatever they do on the, you know, like you had to go like like if you worked at a place that it was in the office then you could get it, you know. Like we met some people that their jobs they were able to hop on the internet where they work, but a lot of people, you know, you mean it was just like on the street or they or by the big
0: hotels. So there was like no internet allowed in the country except for designated areas. Yeah, cool. yeah,
3: wow. yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, at least that's the way it was then. You know, I mean, like things kind of keep opening up. I think. So you, you see,
0: like a big old human cell phone tower. People are just standing <laughs> to yeah, like other. everyone's dead. <laughs> <on. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just on their Instagramming. Well, you know, the 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 Dickies just went
3: to China, and and Stan was saying, yeah, like, Stanley <clears throat> sends me a text going. I can only text. There's no Facebook here and no Pokemon yeah. Go. Or whatever. <laughs> I go, dude, you are in China. Go walk around and check yeah. stuff out, you know? don't go po- sit on Facebook. You
0: know? Yeah, stop looking for that Pikachu on the suicide <laughs> yeah. net, you know? Oh,
3: that's his. He's so into all that. He's, he's, Stan has lost his mind oh uh, with the Pokemon Go. It's so great watching this guy, you know, <laughs> just, it's like a little child. You know, and, he, and we've been in, on tour and he'll go pull over for just one second oh God. just let me jump out if I get this thing and I've been you know and we're like oh <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs>
1: that's still going on i didn't did yeah, know that only for only for him i think he's the only one still
4: playing oh oh, wow. i've seen nothing but older people still playing that dude i
2: i, I remember seeing it in the news you know it was like a frenzy and yeah, shit yeah. you know but it kind of like it died you down. know died out eventually there's still people yeah, doing it crazy. there there was like fucking cholos
0: hiding by the fucking different <laughs> pokemons and kids would come and fucking go try to find that pokemon they'd fucking rob their ass <laughs> <laughs> I, I bullshit you not that's what that's what was going on
4: yeah. Yeah.
3: have <laughs> you ever played in
4: korea
0: no uh, no
3: would you like to play there <laughs> i love to play there i'd like anywhere that i haven't been i would like lo- you know mm-hmm. um uh i saw who was it sick of all sick of it all played there yeah. last year yeah i saw that and or this year or was it like last year last year yeah,
4: yeah. i wanted to go that so bad yeah <laughs>
3: We did Warp Tour with them last year, so it was oh, right man. after that, and I was like, "Oh man, I was totally jealous." Oh man. when I saw that. I man.
4: actually met Lou at uh, music a few years ago. Okay, great guy, man, oh, awesome the, guy. Those
3: guys are all super mm. awesome. Down to we earth. We we had a really good summer. with was like them and um, Valiant Thor. Mm-hmm. Those guys are all you know just awesome yeah. uh, Bad cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were all on the same stage. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty man. cool. Really good summer good good dudes but yeah the sick of it all guys are great mm-hmm. and you know all these years like you know we'd kind of maybe play like a <coughs> festival here or there we never really you know mm-hmm. got to know him that much and like kevin seconds other friends of ours were like oh dude you're you're gonna love those guys <laughs> and they were it was great yeah you know
4: what was nice about lose like um, i was like dude i've been a fan blah blah i hate doing that stuff but like i really am and he just turned attention to the tattoos it's getting and uh-huh. you know, he's, like, he's like, oh, what are you getting there? And he told me a story about the Adams Family home back in New York that lives right around the corner from his place. Oh wow! I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, like, it got me off of that nervous twitch, uh-huh. trying to kiss his butt and being nice <laughs> and everything to turn it back on me. I'm like, right, right. I left her and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> it was cool of him, you know.
3: Yeah, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Got everything? Anything else?
4: <laughs> he's always the last question, that's why. <laughs> yeah, he's been the last question. Like, all right, well, let's go
0: and then hey wait a minute, I got one last the question. Monique, <laughs> do you have a question? I don't. Okay. Thoroughly I got one little small down. one maybe. See? <laughs> I'm <gonna tell> you. <laughs> um <laughs> No this is one question in eighty-five parts. <laughs> <laughs> You guys were big uh you guys influenced a lot of skate skateboarders, man. uh-huh Were you
3: guys
4: in were you guys ever into all
3: that? Uh well, when I was an Agent Orange, Mike was the skateboard guy, like at our junior high. Um, so I mean I we I never I never was like I never skated, but I would watch him, you know, just yeah. do tricks in front of my house or his house or whatever, you yeah. know. And um but we played like a lot of uh like, in, even in the adolescence and stuff, like skateboard events and stuff, you know, it was always like that early skateboard in punk rock culture just kind yeah. of that was another thing that just Mesh. meshed they so did. well, you know, yeah. and uh, and so watching all those guys and uh, Dan Colburn, who played in the adolescence, like during the Bratton Battalion era, like he's a skater and he still skates, I think, you yeah. know, and uh, so yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, it's funny, I, I. I don't know last time i remember knowing where this picture was it was i had it up on myspace that's how old it was <laughs> but we have a we were taking band photos at the henry fonda mm-hmm. theater and tony hawk was at our show oh, nice. and he photobombed us in this picture <laughs> 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 so it's totally rad we're like all trying to look like oh we're a band because we t- we are horrible at band photos like adolescents we're like getting all five of us to try to like, you know, that's the one thing I've always like. Some bands just look cool. Mm -hmm. Social distortion always just looks cool whenever (laughs) picture they're (laughs) taking. We never look, we're not cool. (laughs) We're not going to look cool. You know what I mean? It's just like, so it's kind of like we almost go into it going like, look, we know we're not cool. So just take like four pictures of us standing here with our hands in our pockets Mm -hmm. and then we'll split because we don't have time for any of this. But anyway, we're all lined up trying to look cool, and then there's Tony Hawk popping this. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Because every time I see a you know skateboard any kind of video, I always see you know punk music in the background. So I know that's a big influence. Yeah. In
3: yeah. Well, all the all the guys that you know, like all the guys coming to the shows back then, you know, I think they all, yeah. you know, were skaters and stuff too. So there was a lot of that surfing skating thing you know you know
0: i trip on these guys got like 18 years on me and i look at a skateboard and i already broke my hip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know just, i can't I believe to... these guys are still doing yeah. it you know?
3: <laughs> well you know and yeah as a musician you know i mean it's like i you know you always hear the horror stories and uh there was a guy that you know when mike ness first did his first solo tour he took this guy out and and like the third day the guy broke his arm skateboarding in no. but at the same time the guy that was playing bass in the opening band goes, well, I can step in and fill in. Mm-hmm. And he did. And that was Mike solo thing. And now that guy is the bass player in Social Distortion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the other dude breaking his arm skateboarding <laughs> gave this other <laughs> dude a job. You know? <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> like, so thanks, rough. buddy. <laughs> but, but then, you know, at some point, my... <laughs> Mike was skateboarding with his son, I heard, and broke his wrist. Oh, I know Ron Emery played guitar for them for like a, a couple
0: of weeks, oh, you know, but while Mike was healing. Yeah, Ma- but... Mike's not going to replace himself. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he has At a little leeway. At least he's got job security, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> but yeah, whenever we got, you know, like uh, whenever I'm playing in a band with someone in that skates, as soon as I see him like, you know, dicking around on the board, I'm just like, dude... Like, Don't break your head. You screw this tour up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, wait till I'll after. beat you to death with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just just bubble wrap them. Yeah, not no, the skateboard. Just yeah. bubble wrap yeah, <laughs> them. What, what band was it?
3: What band was Twenty Two Jackson. I was in that one of our guitar players. When he was drunk, he he banged on. So anyway, he broke something in his hand. But he knew that me and Joe, the singer, would just flip out on him <laughs> if he canceled or you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like an important tour. We were out with someone fairly big or whatever. So he didn't say anything. And wow. he just sucked it up. And he played. He When he got home, or no, he finally went to the doctor. And the doctors told him, oh, yeah, we need to put you in a cast right now. And he goes, no, no, no. Just, I'm going to wrap it. For three more weeks, Damn. and then I'll do. You know what I mean? Oh, and so, because wow. like, I hear that back, and I go, God, I, I wonder if I'm that big of a dick that he was afraid. To go
1: in.
3: <laughs> it, when I saw that him crying on stage, I thought he was
2: just
1: into it. I didn't know he was in pain. <laughs> that was, I thought that was his rock face. You know what I mean? Just like, dig it in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you know, you you like I we always joke around now with the adolescents is it like we set certain standards or whatever like i, I don't know if you, can, you can't really tell anymore but i lopped off the tip of my thumb in brazil and about six hours before we were supposed to play and we were like day drinking in the city called santos and i got back to my room and i wanted to put the ac on and i was trying to figure out how to close the window and i figured it out <laughs> and it dropped on my hand and lopped off like the tip of my thumb so but i played the show that night like the whole time the guy was stitching me up i was like i have to play i can't not play this show because they'd already paid us so like (laughs) they that's south america they wire you the money before you even go down there so i'm like i can't give it back i already spent it so (laughs) (laughs) so there's pictures of me playing and then there's pictures i've seen after the show and like you know we're hanging out with these kids and and, like, in every picture, like, I got my arm around him, but this hand's, like, way over here. Like, don't touch this <laughs> hand. You know? and,
0: and they're all covered in blood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so. <laughs> you're just dripping blood on these kids.
3: <laughs> so, like, a few months later, we did this tour, and, and Tony had to, had, had um, hernia surgery. And it hadn't healed, but he he was like, "Well, I can't not go. I can't. You, know, you can't bone out because Steve played with his thumb like that. So then that became the thing, and that you know what I mean. It up. So like, we're in the middle of the second show, and I look, Tony's wearing a white T-shirt, and there's just blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, fuck! Oh, and I'm all, dude, wow. we gotta go home. And he's all, oh. like, we can't go home. You didn't go home. I can't go home. <laughs> and then it's just been constantly that thing, you know, like one of our guitar players' knee. He did like three weeks on a bad knee that he should have had surgery on, but like, I can't because you know because <laughs> he. he can't. Can't see the his is, guts were hanging out in yeah, your yeah, thumbs yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> And See, so you should have said we're not adolescents anymore.
3: Anyway. No, I know, I you know. No. That's the sad thing is one day it's going to happen like one of us is going to lose a limb. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> <laughs> if you would have just gotten this taken care of the gangrene wouldn't have set in. <laughs>
0: it all started with that fucking thumb. I'm just telling you <laughs> right now. It did. The thumb was the... <laughs> a...
4: Can't change the name now. There's already gangrene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The AARP's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Like> the adults.
4: <laughs>
3: well, if you spent enough time with this in a van, you know that wasn't true either. <laughs>
0: well, what's, what's, that, what's that old saying with that philosopher? Uh, you could be... Uh, you're only young once, but you could be immature forever. <laughs> yes. I'll back that. Yes. I, You know, I always say, like, sometimes CJ will,
3: you know, especially, like, Dan Root and I, because we play in the adolescence and with CJ, and he's in the flock, and we've been friends for 30 years, and it's, like, kind of like almost two brothers sometimes the way we'll go at each other. Mm. And, you know, and but most of it, you know, it's very juvenile. <laughs> and CJ will go, like, you guys are, like, two little kids. And I'm like, dude... I've been in, like, a van or something like that since I was 15 years old. Like, I never, like, like, it's too late for me to try to advance the adult world at this yeah, point. Just, it's too late for the adult. Yeah, yeah. I'm
4: screwed. I don't want to stop just, having fun, you yeah.
3: know? <laughs> yeah, you know, of course I'm going to act like a child sometimes. I didn't, you know, it's just, you know, the way it is, but. Yeah, Dan and I when we we went at it one time and Pete Sosa from the Street Dogs was playing drums for CJ and you know how like you have those friends you can fight with and thirty seconds later it's over, it's done, you're not thinking about it. So we had one of those moments in a in a taxi cab in Australia and we go back and we're rooming together and Pete comes to the door and he goes like I'm just gonna make sure you guys are okay, right? And we're like, dude, like shut the fuck up of course we're okay I mean you know Pete's awesome he just wanted to make sure we were cool but it was just like the Dan's like Dan's like what are you a little girl we're fine
0: like get out of here so you just you both turn on him exactly (laughs) get the fuck out of here they're
4: mad at me I just wanted to see if they're okay yeah That's how kind of me and Chris are, too. Like, everything's like really it, mad at each other. And we're like, nah.
0: We're, and then we're, we're fine. We're, yeah. we're, we're arguing this, more, this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, we're not
4: arguing. We're not getting along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we're quiet and being nice to each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some,
0: somebody fucked up.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's fighting kindness.
2: <laughs> so, Steve, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been a real treat for all of us. Um, we've looked up to you and to... Uh, Many of the others, uh, you know, from the OC Punk movement from back in the day. And um, uh, never thought we'd ever meet you, you know, yeah. and uh, a treat for all of us. <laughs> um, so, for all of you guys listening out there, Manic Hispanic, they got their EP out on YouTube. Um, back in Brown. Listen to it. And uh, look out for the Adolescents' new album, Crop Duster, in July. I'm waiting for that t-shirt yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah, wear I'm, that we to work, work There's that. a
4: bunch of Republicans at work I want to wear that one of these <laughs> You're like what do you guys think about this one <laughs> They'll probably shoot me huh? I
3: wonder, I wonder how i go over if I gave one to my mom For Christmas man. <laughs> Make it
4: into an apron
3: <laughs> Mom it's cool you can spill all over him His <laughs> you whole know, life's covered in shit anyway I don't matter.
1: Nice. Good times.
0: Good times. (laughs) Good times. times. So I am Chris sitting next to Boggle.
2: Sitting next to Rick. Sitting next to Joel. (laughs) And joining us, Steve Soto. Sitting next to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) And last but certainly not least, we got. Monique over there in the corner tucked hello. in <laughs> hello she didn't
0: want to she didn't want to be on say hi but cool. she's our newest CLICA member and everybody just give her a round of applause real quick and right. welcome Aww. Thanks, fellas. and who's that again Monique she's about Mo- to hear her name on, on? yeah Monique so Monique alright Monique All right. make sure you edit that in a bunch of times before it starts Monique <laughs> Monique
4: Boggle sample it
0: Monique Monique okay they we're the CLICA podcast signing off
4: cool thanks alright Yeah.